Welcome to the Challenge Chronicles. I'm Devin Jordan. We're back. Um, glad to be here. We're here to cover the duel. It finally happened. We finally made it to one of the first um, iconic seasons of the show. Today, we will talk about the first four episodes of the duel. If you'd like to listen to some of our previous episodes, we just did a fantasy draft on the upcoming season of the challenge where we each choose uh, the contestants that will be on the upcoming season. Before that, we also released in three episodes on the first season of Fresh Meat. If you'd like to reach out to us with listener emails, you can reach out to us at thechallengechronicles at gmail.com. And with that, let's talk about the first episodes of The Duel, which we will talk about on this podcast episode. What did you guys think? Honestly, the cast is amazing. Like, this cast is awesome. The first four episodes, there's some cool things that happen, but they're not blowing me away yet. This season definitely gets better as it goes. Yeah. For most of these seasons, honestly, they've actually started better than they've ended. A lot of them had relatively disappointing endings. The Duel Mm -hmm. is the first season where I think the ending is, like, significantly better than the first few episodes. I was honestly surprised with how much I actually enjoyed the first four episodes. I went in really without any type of expectations when we did our seasons of rankings podcast, the duel was number one by fans, correct? Oh yeah. Number one by a lot. And then it was number one for me. And then trace, it was somewhere on your top six, much too low. Obviously, It was like mine. I don't, oh, of course I'm always the contrarian opinion. I, it was in my top six. Number De- one Devin's, for me was rivals. Devin's season, Devin's season rankings were pretty off the rails too. But even like when I went on Pat <laughs> show, he had um, the duel as number two in his season rankings. So, did I have I had, great the ruins? He was pretty happy to get that email from me with a link to the whole season. I remember getting that email of thank God I finally have this season. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully the authorities are not listening in on this part of the podcast. I didn't sell it. I just gave it away. <laughs> um, oh, and I guess we should. I, I wanted def- to definitely make a point to do this because I feel like we get so many emails from people or we get multiple emails from people asking where they can watch each of the seasons of the show. And I think I responded one to one this morning, but just to say, it, I think you can watch some of the episodes to this season on daily motion. I know that I Googled that a little bit earlier today and I did see some, not all of them, but you can watch some of the episodes on daily motions or you can buy them on iTunes or didn't on that, uh, Pluto TV channel. Didn't one of you say that you actually saw it go back to the duel. It won- I, I, saw, I, I saw the duel too. I did not see the duel. Well, actually, I, I didn't even see the duel too. Somebody else I, mentioned the duel too. I saw the original duel pop up on Pluto TV once. Does that channel still exist? It still exists. It plays the challenge 24-7. That's incredible. Um, yeah, so okay. pro tip actually for all the people trying to find seasons. Um, if and yeah, the challenge producer is very unhappy with me, but they, they probably don't like me anyways. Um, if you can go and get a 24-hour viewing pass and put in any combination of letters you want at gmail.com, and you can just keep putting in different combinations of letters, and you can keep getting passes. For what, for what is this, Rob? Say it again. On, on MTV.com. Yeah, if you if you use – I think it's MTV Canada's site, and if you use a oh, VPN yeah, – If you use a VPN – and you set up a fake email address, you can get a seven-day pass, and you can pretty much watch what you need to on MTV.com uh, for a week. So um, it is possible. Cost past the seven days. Yep. And then um, well, if how you're much, like— How much does it cost? 
Trace. I don't oh, even dude, think I don't they even offer it. I don't think they offer it. So it's only if you have a cable provider then? Yeah. Basically, it's yeah. Yeah. Um, There's yeah, also thought- another way to get it. If you are any of you uh, torrenters, uh, if you happen to hang around the Pirate Bay, you can find the entire season of The Duel on there. Jesus. We're about to get a cease and desist on this episode. <laughs> I'm just saying, just- this is the first season that if you dig hard enough, you can find it. You can We're just letting people other. know that these options are available to them. Not, not that we. I am we not endorsing. Yeah, I am not endorsing not. it. Um, I acquired the duel through nefarious means about a decade ago, so the statute of limitations is way up on how I got it. How long do you think the statute of limitations are for online piracy? That's a good question. We should probably. I think that. just don't get caught. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was. Uh, I really enjoyed these first four episodes. So, I went into the went to went into them with a pretty open mind, and enjoyed them. And uh, I honestly don't even remember what happens throughout the course of the rest of the season. Well, I like have like vague memories of them, but I don't have like a detailed idea of what's about to happen. So I'm excited to see the rest um, once we get there. Yeah. yeah, I think in terms of just storylines going on, usually I'll, I favor gameplay over like dramatic storylines when it comes to watching TV shows, especially like the challenge or other reality competition shows. But the storylines in this season, the amount of them that is going on is just absurd. Like there's just an insane level of depth of storylines yeah. going on this season. And what's interesting too is if you were to rewind back to 2006 when this aired. Apart from four people, you could argue this is an all-star season when it aired. I mean, other than Tyler, Johnny Bananas, who this is his first season and he does not have a good showing. Uh, You have (laughs) Svetlana and Paula. But the rest of the season is either the fresh meat from the previous year or from heavy hitter seasons of the real world and road rules. Let's let's just talk about the cast right now. Okay. On the male side, on the male side, listen to this cast. It's absolutely insane. And we'll start from the, the, the top down. You've got Wes, you got Brad, you've got CT, you have Evan, you have Big Easy, you have Derek Kosinski, you've got Nehemiah, who's like the lone standout really so far there of like one of these things is not like the other. Uh, I mean, got, Big Easy. Like, well, Big Nehemiah, Easy. Nehemiah is a champion, Trace. Put some respect three duds. Oh you have three, gosh! You have three duds in there: Nehemiah, Tyler, and Big oh, Easy. And Tyler's a two-time challenge he's champion. Tyler, Tyler's not a dud. At the, at this point in time, he's at a dud. this point in time, he's beyond. Oh yeah, a but dud. Johnny's a dud at this point in time. He I know. No, I, Johnny is not. Oh, at this okay. point in time, is no, not. Then what he soon will be. Sure. Yeah. Hundred. And it, and you can hate on. I I hate on Big Easy as much as the rest of of uh, a lot of people. I'll say. Sorry, the bourbon's kicking in. Uh, Big Easy though makes it to episode eleven in a sixteen episode season, so he makes it far here. Well, Big Easy does. Seen... Big Easy has his most impressive challenge moment, I think, ever in one of the episodes we're about to talk about today. Yes, I would agree really? with that. No, yeah, no, no. There's, dude, there's he, a, he, a lot he of runs, when he runs across the planks and the uh, bridge challenge. I mean, him in the hall brawl against Wes is definitely like... Yeah, but he has 100 and 
like oh, eighty pounds on him. Literally almost uh, twice Wes's size. I, I think that, that might the one you're talking about might actually be more impressive, but that one's like the notable big easy event. Like people come back to that. I agree. Lot, even yes, if agree. in retrospect, it's not really like that impressive. People people remember that elimination. <laughs> they do not remember Big Easy running across a bridge. Yeah, and it's sad too because <laughs> there's one other Big Easy moment in that Battle of the Seasons two, as we fans like to call it, uh, where he is. It's the it's the challenge where they have to hold the basket no, with the, the rocks. Yeah, with the rocks. My He's got God, it. how long that dude hung on is so impressive. I might not like the way the guy performs in some instances, but when it comes to just pure strength challenges, that dude is a beast. How much more does he weigh than like the guys on this cast? I bet you, how tall do you think he is? Well, he's we, we we, said he's we, like we six, three, about this. Right? He's six, three. He probably weighs close to 300 in this season. How, definitely. How like, like two seventy five is what I would guess. How much like CT and Evan weigh then? Do you think two ten maybe? Wait, CT? Uh, how tall is Evan? Evan's Evan, like 5'10", 5'11". I think no, Evan's like 6'5". So he's my height. He probably yeah. weighs... Two, like I don't know, man. Hunter, like Hunter right now, Hunter is like 5'6", and is like 185. Yeah, and he's way bigger than Evan was. Evan was pretty big, bro. Evan was pretty jacked at this point in the challenge. Dude. This isn't this isn't what uh, somebody called pregnant Evan at Rivals 1. Yeah. This is Evan at his peak, really, in terms of his body. Yeah, we can. We can I was actually going to bring that up, but this is Evan's best season. But like, which is weird he, because he wins the duel two, but this season is by far a better performance than duel two. No, I wouldn't say that because well, we maybe we can save that for later. But Landon is just so on another world in duel two. I mean, yeah. Well, yeah, Landon. Uh, yeah, we'll get to that when we talk he, about it. He wins like he wins three eliminations on Duel Two as well. I get some pretty big scrubs though. Yeah, it doesn't make the performance be. bad. I personally am a big Evan fan, but beating what was it, Davis? Um He beats Nehemiah and he beats MJ. No, it's not MJ. Um It's Derek McCrae, right? Yeah, Derek McCrae on that climbing challenge yes. elimination. Guess what Big Easy's record is in eliminations? Nine it's appearances. Actually it's actually pretty decent. He's probably over. Well, see, he lost to Katie. He loses to well, he beats Nehemiah on this season, and he loses to um, Brad. So he's already out one or two. Um, he wins one in Battle of the Seasons. He, he wins, wins one in Cutthroat as well. Yeah, he wins one in Cutthroat. So he's probably like. I would like say three he's like four, three and five. I would have said like four and three. Yeah. No, I don't think he's. It, well, there's nine total know. appearances. Nine total? Really? That many? Okay, then I would go higher. He's probably five and four. I was going to say four and five. Rob got it. Good job. Yeah, guys. there we go. Good job, there's Rob. no way he's positive in eliminations. Because he's well, been on two in a season, hasn't he? Them, but he's only been on like four or five seasons. Yeah. Certainly a very notable character, even if. um. He doesn't compose himself in a way that a lot of people enjoy. So we've talked he's about the male side. He's definitely of one of the, the mainstay characters at this point in the challenger, at least from yeah. fresh meat through what's like. Through he's the, the mainstay from Call fresh three. meat until the ruins. Like he's on like every season. He's, except he's not on the ruins. Well, he's on, he's on dual two. 
He's on. He's not on the Ruins. He's on fresh um, meat. He's on. Dude, dual. Can you imagine if they saddle the Challengers team with Big Easy and the rest of those albatrosses? Like take out Brad, put in Big Easy instead. He um is he on the duel too? Yes. Yeah, he is. He's on the duel too. So he's pretty much a mainstay from fresh meat until duel two, and then when he comes back for battle of the seasons. Well, no, he's in cutthroat. Oh, he is in cutthroat, isn't he? So he only skipped a season with the, or he skipped two seasons because he's not in fresh meat two or the ruin. Yeah. At um, that point, when he is in battle of the seasons too. It seems like he hadn't been around the show for a while, and I don't know why. I think I mean, at that point, like rivals exes, um, and it's only Fresh rivals, Texas, but that no, was funny. like, actually, it's only been two seasons. but the thing was, is rivals and battle of the exes. There was only one season of the challenge that year. There was rivals. And then the next year there was battle of the exes because the show was in huge danger of getting canceled yeah. around. People, one. Yeah. And the People ratings remember that. One were so good that it got them battle of the seasons and beyond. They already had exes, but there was a very real possibility that exes might not have aired. There was yeah, a decent well, amount of time fun. where they were doing like one season a year or, or around one season a year. And for whatever reason, I don't know what, when do you think it started to pick back up again around bloodlines? Is that when they really started to crank them out? I know the ratings were cratering around bloodlines. The ratings for rival suits for ages. I thought were actually decent. What was right after bloodlines? That was rivals three. That's when it started to pick back up again. Then like right around after rivals three. So I don't think it was right when it was up until 3030. It got dirty 30, but the show's renewal was not in doubt from rivals two on. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. I don't, don't think knew, the ratings picked right up though. They they characters. knew when they would left for Rivals Two that they were getting a season after Rivals Two, and so it seemed like they were getting two season renewals from that point forward. But yeah, no, it was it was for those of you that are listening. This was very precarious time when they got to Rivals because if Rivals didn't do well, the challenge might not have existed after that season. Well, Evan has an interview where he actually said he thought the show had been canceled after Rivals. And that was kind of the show's last hurrah. Because Rivals had less episodes than most of the episodes. It only had most of the seasons around that time period. It was like nine or ten. I think it was Rivals is a really small cast. Mm -hmm. But a great cast. Yeah. Very good cast. I I actually prefer this cast. Transitioning back into the cast for the (laughs) duel. Go back to the females here. So go from the top down here. You have Jody, who God love Jody. You have Svetlana, her one and only appearance. You have the cockroach of the challenge, Anissa. Oh, that's got- so. That's such a. <laughs> that's a little unnecessary. No, 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 no. I was I about to say. I think that's a good nickname. Nothing. I nothing said in the fantasy about thing, it. and I stand by it. It's not a mean thing. Anissa is the one member of the challenge you cannot get rid of no matter what happens to this show. She was on Battle of the Sexes 1, and she is on season 35, okay? From season, what is it, 7 to 35. She still gets cast. She, she's you on the upcoming season, her. isn't she? Yes, she's on the one that's, that's insane. And I, I mean this? it. She's the cockroach of the challenge. I mean it affectionately. I admire the fact that she not only finds a way to get recast, but she also finds a way to hang around to the end of almost every season she's on. So I think What's this it? is what it is. I, I think this is what it is. So guess how old she is. Both. 
Oh, like, I would say she's 39. No, she's not that old. She's like, actually, maybe she is kind of. I think she's like, 39. If I was bet money, like 30, if she's not 39, either 37 or 38. It's yeah. there's no question. She's at least 37. 37. So she's actually, so she is actually younger than I thought she would be, and she is 38 years old. How do you so think she that was? Rob. I thought she was in her 40s for sure. No. So for me, that just means that she was on the show when she was really young. 19. But you also have to remember, there's that weird thing where it seems like there's like a huge gap in time between the first Battle of the Sexes and like, remember we did that, like the length of time between Battle of the Sexes until... Um, two is not that long. It, it's like a couple years, right? I think we did yeah. that in a previous podcast, but that that I think it speaks to both of those points. Yeah. And so like yeah. I, I do. So for those of you listening, I am honestly not hating on Anissa. I call her the cockroach of the challenge as a, an affectionate term because yeah. she has found a way to stay relevant. I mean, hell, who else can get a storyline in Dirty 30 riding around in a carriage with another cast member and they actually care enough to show it? That's Anissa. She finds a way to stay relevant and still gets cast and somehow makes it either to the final or right before the final before she goes home. She should pitch that idea to Netflix as kind of like a, a 13 episode season where she is her, a carriages. approach. <laughs> is she her riding on in carriages in South America? No, she, she's a superhero called the cockroach. The cockroach. I mean, she could pull what's it, it what's off. Her superpower, just hanging I around. I could make it on a reality show to the end. And honestly, I'm not as a as a fan of the show. I will say that I respect that. I'm not a fan of her as a competitor, but. I am kind of excited to see what she does in 35, and that's what matters. She, I, I think she's fine. Much. She, I, she obviously is doing something the producers really appreciate. So I feel like there might be some behind the scenes. What should, much with her. So since Survivor went all out for their season 40, what should the challenge do for their season 40? I don't think they really have an equivalent to what the challenge. No, not anymore. It was like you can play Survivor till you're way older. Like the challenge, once you hit the mid forties, I think you're about done. Well, but how many people have really aged out of the challenge? Like Mark Long still seems like he could go back on the challenge. And sadly he can't now, which is so like, I was praying that we would get one more Mark Long season, but now that he has a job that he can't be gone more than two weeks, that makes me sad. If they asked him, he would do it in a heartbeat. He he would definitely do it. He would be there. He could make more. He'd make more on the challenge, just cutting deals with 85% of the cast. Well, his appearance fee alone would probably the appearance fees that some of the cast be that much now. Well, considering they pay Bear what they pay him, like yeah, Mark Long's Bear. worth at least half of that. No, he's not. Mark How much did they pay Bear? 100K? 100K for the first season he did. No, no, no. It's, I think it was more than that. Which is unbelievable to me. Like, I don't think I don't think Mark Long would make more than like Corey makes on a season now. I think Mark Long's worth 50K. I, that's I what I was going to say to you. 50K. I don't, I, 50K yeah, is nothing maybe. to them. No, I mean, honestly, Mark Long at his job. Okay, I'm going to contradict myself now, which I do on a regular basis on this show. Mark Long could take a leave of absence for 60 days and make more in that 60 days than he probably does in. Oh, 100 percent. 
I mean, he would make anybody would. And and the fact is, is politically, you know, he's either going to make the final or get pretty damn close. So he probably deals with half the cast. So he would probably net before taxes a hundred k. I honestly, I I still stand by that being the main reason he's not brought back on the show. Is he's so public with cutting deals with all these cast members when he? What does he do now? What's his job? He's working in television production in, uh, I want to say it's Miami. Like he's doing like hosting stuff and he's also producing stuff. So he's probably making like a, around like a hundred K per year anyway. I would say he's at two fifty in that. Wow. Industry. Way dude. No, yeah, no in that no. industry, what he's doing, I would say he's making two fifty. I would have to know more specifically about what he does, but I I'm going South of that on okay. the over under. Fair enough. Hey, you know what? Mark, uh, if you want to come on the show and talk about it, we are open invite. Mark Long, please come on the show. <laughs> Who do you think? If you can't tell, it, I'm drinking. This show is like the epitome of Trace drinking while we're recording. It's at some point in time. I feel like we're probably going to have like it's going to be by accident too. It's not going to be like for any of us trying, but at some point in time, someone from the challenge will like be on this show and. Like, I'm just laughing to myself right now, thinking about who it could potentially be. It's going to be someone like really, really random. Oh, I mean, we sure. came close. We came so I, I can't reveal because it might still happen to the people listening. But there was one cast member that came really close and uh, basically said at the last minute before we were I recorded with her solo. Uh, I can't do it <laughs> for, for every everyone listening. It was Coral. <laughs> no, it was not Coral. I will say though that she uh oh dang, I already kind of revealed kind of part of that. Okay, she uh definitely was on the show pre Gauntlet 2. That's all I'm gonna say. Everyone uh, else on the well, phone well, are well, we have... two inside baseball here. We we got a lot of the show to cover still. We still need to have Chadwick on the show. Is that the yeah. number one get? He is honest. Uh, uh, second no, Johnny Mosley is 100 percent the number uh, yeah, one get. Johnny That's Mosley. Under- would be the ultimate get. And if he would come on and just laugh with us about the fact that we make fun of him, that would make my life. I would get him one of the shirts. I would too. I would totally send him. Well, a we job. would have to get him one of the shirts. So he doesn't file for copyright infringement. I'm sure he's got it's giant. That, it's a generic. There's nothing he can copyright. Nothing. Yeah. yeah. There is definitely a greater than 6% on the show. We yeah. nicknamed him that. Well, there's like an eight percent chance he heard that through like the grapevine and then trademarked it immediately. And it's now going to be very litigious <laughs> when we finally send him an email. Oh my god! What percentage? Like eight? I don't high, man. I would have said like one percent that he's heard of the show. <laughs> how many? How many people on the show do you think even know that like this podcast exists? I'm saying like three. I know of at least four cast members that know the show right, exists. Well, I'm wrong. Uh, I I have no idea. And one of them, I actually don't mind saying out loud. Uh, Morgan from one of the recent seasons, know we exist. Oh, Morgan, okay. who the hell is this? Hey, Morgan, this is not. This uh, is not wait, Morgan, what's her last name? Well, it's she what's her last big, name? She one big brother. Morgan, big brother. Blanchard, like, but we're already way, way, we're way so off the rails, but I don't, we need to get okay, moving. we'll reel it back in, back to the list, the we've got Jody, DM Brown. Anissa, Diem, you got Kina, the one that Rob and I adore, 
uh, Robin, Beth, Casey, Paula, and Tina. Uh, of that list, I would say Casey is the, and she's not a dud cast for entertainment. No, I, I love Casey. She, she's very fun. I actually think that every female on this cast is a solid B. Or in terms of performance? No, just in Everyone? terms of like my entertainment value of watching them on television. They are all. I think in terms of notoriety on the show, everybody's pretty solid here. There's no, there's yeah. nobody you're like who, like who question mark question mark. Everyone here is a net positive. No one's taking away from the show. Mm-mm. I would yeah. even say that for the males as as well, except for Nehemiah. Like I've never so been. I, I don't mind Nehemiah. I don't even mind Nehemiah because of just the bizarre Beth relationship. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. that right, I take back what I just said. Bizarre. Like I, there are some strange challenge hookups, and maybe they didn't officially hook up. But my God, that is a weird one for me. We need to do a top six well, on Beth, that. Oh, jeez, most Beth, bizarre Beth, challenge oh, relationship. Show in itself. <laughs> Big Easy and Devin is on that list. That, that might one too, because Nehemiah and Beth are number one with a bullet. That would not help our Q rating with um, challenge cast members. <laughs> Probably not. No, Kong, Kong, other hookups. So let, let's move on there. All right. Episode one. We get to the intro of the show. Everyone's back. They get off the plane. We see CT. He's finally back on the show. Big Easy is wearing a mullet on or a mullet wig on the bus. DM talks about how she's in remission from cancer. And at the time, I don't even remember um, like what my reaction was to like seeing her on the show, especially after you get the narrative from the previous season where her health in general was in overall uncertainty. So it's great to see her back now. Evan talks about how he had a hernia in the last challenge and what he went through. We learned that Wes and Johanna are still together. He says he wants to win this for her so they can start their life together on a good foot. Robin is back. She has uh, she's a brunette now, and Paula is here in my notes. That that's what I have. Paula is here! Exclamation mark. And the first person that they show as the season start is Johnny Bananas. The yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the sun and the moon of the challenge has finally arrived, <laughs> and we get to the house. Started moons a little. <laughs> Sorry, uh, that cracks me. I'm a bananas fan, but even that was a stretch for me. <laughs> I think to the house, everyone <laughs> in typical well, I, challenge fashion. Like, everyone, go ahead, go ahead, just go. Uh, we're, go. We're, God, we're, we're, we're crazy show so far. So I, I've always felt like Johnny, CT, and West collectively, like Johnny is the face of the show. CT is the heart of the show and Wes is the brains behind the show is how I'd characterize those. Three. I will not disagree with that at all. I think you nailed that description. If, if a season has those three people on it, it is immediately a good season from that perspective. You can't, you can't do that bad if you have all three of those guys in place. I, I really didn't like last season, the world of the worlds too. Great season. Yeah. Do that. Really that got me back into the show. I was like, honestly, like not a huge fan of the last few seasons. And that got me like, World of the Worlds one was so much better than World of the Worlds two. World got me back. World of the Worlds two reminded me why I love the show. No, World of the Worlds one. So many great moments. I honestly like, see, I, I, the, the last half of World of the Worlds two, I thought was just so redundant. Team USA. This last season was incredible. 
just from the amount of people characters that they were able to get on on the, the team and then just the and they lost all, <laughs> yeah anything to, i'm rooting for team uk yeah no kidding that tells you how great the season was we can talk about that some other time yeah we, we, we need a separate show we need a separate show to talk about that everyone um, everyone is house in brazil this season is in brazil everyone starts to run out of the house and look for a room like they do in pretty much every season CT, hey wait 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 hold on hold on hold on you missed one super important thing we had the first cast member admit they used their money to buy boobs okay. uh from the, well, she from already the previous did season well, that was the season where she announced it. I mean, they announced it in the reunion of the previous season, but they made a big point to make sure that Casey pointed out she bought boobs with her prize money from the previous when season. When she calls her right boob Darrell and her left boob Wes. <laughs> um, it's just a classic what, moment, Devin. I'm sorry. I just had to point it out. It well, made what, me laugh. One thing, too, I thought was really funny is CT in this um, beginning of this season is like sauntering in the house. He's with like DM, yeah. I think Wes, or sauntering in with him. Um, no, and then bananas. Johnny, well, fast forward now to War of the Worlds one, and he's doing the exact same thing with Turbo, mm-hmm. and still gets the best room. Yep, it's funny. Yeah, so everyone runs into the house and scrambles to get a room while CT just casually walks in and somehow stumbles upon the best area in the house with the largest bed. Evan and CT seem to be getting along right off the bat, and we go to the dual arena. TJ comes out. He tells everyone that there will be no more teams this season. Everyone will compete uh, by themselves or everyone will compete alone from start to finish, which is kind of not true because they compete in pairs at certain points in the challenges. And each challenge will either be a male or female elimination day. And the duel is an elimination where one of the contestants that can competes against one of the other contestants and someone will go home and the person that wins the duel. All right, hold up. So let's, let's go over the whole process of the, the mechanics of how the season works. So each day there will be a challenge. The winner of the challenge will be safe from elimination and that will start the kind of selection process for who will be the person that's guaranteed to go into elimination for that day yeah and and let me tag up on that too before you go forward so if it's a male elimination day and it is a pairs challenge where like a male and a female are partners the male is the one who starts the pick correct so whatever day it is for the specific sex they're the first person who starts this selection process for who will go into the challenge or who will go into the duel slash elimination and what the, the selection process is for who will go into the duel is the person who won the challenge for that day will choose a female to be safe. And then that female, well, even though they're not really up for elimination, but that female will then choose a male to be safe, another male. And then that male will choose a female and that female will choose a male all the way down until there is one let's say that we're on a a male elimination day all the way down until there is one male left. That male that is left who has not been selected is guaranteed to go into the duel for that day. And they will then choose anyone beside the male who won the challenge for that day to go in to the duel to compete against them to decide who will go home and who will stay. Make sense? Okay. 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. This before honestly, you go further, yeah. I, it's how a little badly. Do you want to see another dual season? I, I think enough. I think enough. There's the individual seats they have now are close enough. I just like I, the selection process, even though I, it's do, a I do enjoy the selection process. The selection process here in Duel 2, because they had kind of gotten the hang of it and had seen what happened in this season, the selection process in Duel 2 stressed out the cast beyond belief trying to figure out the, the list. And I would actually love to see with the current cast as dramatic and as many rivalries as there are, I think that a Duel 3 would be a great season for them to film in the near future. I think what they would do is they would do something similar as far as the selection process. But at this point, I don't think they would brand as the duel. I think that's in the distant past enough that I don't think like what percentage of the people that watch the show now do you think have heard of the duel? Maybe 15 percent. Well, they, they've shown a few since West has been on seasons now. They'll, throw, they'll have like a throwaway clip. So they at least know of its existence. Do they mention that it's the duel, though? You know what I mean? I just think that, like... At Other than point, a graphic that says the duel, no. Like, it'll, it'll be like like a montage of Wes's, like, highlights. It'll be like, oh, he won the duel. He beat Derek in this elimination. I could I could be off on this, but I, I think I'm probably right that the percentage of the people that watch the challenge now, and it's one of their first couple of seasons watching the show is really high. Like right oh, now yeah. they have a ton of new viewers and I think they definitely made the right decision in bringing people in from other reality TV shows to expand their reach is really what's kind of like elevated, elevated the show into what it is today. I, I think they've done an exceptional job with that. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think they want to brand anything as a three now. I think that would because like when they are trying to bring in new viewers, if you see a three next to something, War of the Worlds 2 is a little bit different because War of the Worlds 1 just happened. But if you see a three, you'll be like, oh, what happened? Don't do one and do two. Am I not yeah, you feel, caught up? Like, you feel yeah, like you're They would probably rebrand it, but I would love to see the concept come back, even if it's not dual three. If they called it something else, I would still love to see this style of picking eliminations of, hey, we're going to do a schoolyard pick. Who's left can pick anyone but who won the challenge that day. Yeah, and you can see some of the, the wheels and heads already start turning. Like, Wes and Evan in particular are actually, like... Like, the fact that Wes was in the position he was in and only goes in once this season is pretty... I think that's a pretty impressive political performance, actually. I agree, because considering he went in almost every time the previous season, I mean, that has to be the best bounce-back season of any challenge competitor ever. And I And Wes is not my favorite challenge guy ever, but the fact that he went from where he was in Fresh Meat 1, where he was getting thrown in all the time, to I'm going to go in one time and win the season, spoilers, I mean, that's and then pretty he, insane. We jump ahead to the ruins where he's the main character, think, but he gets thrown in every single time. I think a lot of what it is, though, is that the the guys on this season, one, he has better relationships with every everyone here. Like sure. It seems like he's getting along with everyone. And then, two... The guys don't want to have him be the person that goes in and then potentially have to go against him. So his physical strength at this point really comes into play. And that's kind of why Beth lasts as long as she does. 
Yeah, it really I mean, gets that's eliminated why Big on Easy lasts as long as he does too. That's yeah. why Big Easy lasts as long as he does too, because like who, who, you don't want to like go again. And well, Paul Russell maybe that could be fine, but like the um, what's the one that Trey Shades called? No, you don't want to go against Big Easy and Paul Russell. Is that what you just said? No, Paul Russell. Pretty... I can. I can Dude. is the worst elimination that has ever been conceived on the show. The right, one they had with uh, with Nani and Georgia on World of Worlds one was real bad too. Yeah, that was terrible. That was that was, that, that was actually like problematic. I thought that was actually like problematic. Like that, that that should not have happened. Like to have Turbo and West like tying up these women to these chairs, like that's not the image we need. It was pretty much it was pretty much an elimination between Turbo and West. Oh, hundred yeah. percent. Like and I don't like, think there's like much skill when it comes to getting out of a chair when you've been taped to it with duct tape. No, it's just like I mean, I guess, I guess there's some like forearm strength involved, but like, that's about it. And you've got Turbo, who doesn't play the politics of the show either. <laughs> I think he plays the politics more than he lets on. So there are four finalists that will compete in the final challenge. Four for the women. Four well, two for the, the women. Two for the men. Two for two for the women. Two for the men. The winner of the final will receive $150 for the men and $150. $150. Are you drinking too, Devin? (laughs) Oh my God. $150,000 for the men and $150,000 for the women. And after this, everyone goes back to the house. Johnny talks about how it's his first show. Derek says that in a separate conversation with, I think it was Wes, uh, it was not Wes. It was CT and someone else. It was Derek Wes. Yeah, I think Evans. And I think it was, yeah, I think it was CT, Evans. Derek and Evan. And they talk about how uh, Johnny will probably be the first person that's thrown in. And will probably use Derek person. as a narrator for like a ton this season, which is such a weird role for him. That gets us to the challenge for. Oh, Big Easy is also in this. Sorry, it just flashed on my screen. It's Big Easy, Evans, CT, and Derek. Which one of these is not like the other? I mean, Derek is quite short compared to the rest of those guys. (laughs) Fair enough. The challenge for episode one is called Reaching Out. There will be... I didn't mind this one. We can get into it after this. Let me just real quick and then we can talk about it. There are two heats, one for the men and one for the women. There's a giant circle made in the sand that is outlined by rope. In the middle of the circle, there's a disc that has 10 ropes tied to it. Each of the rope ropes goes toward the perimeter of the circle, made in the sand about 50% of the way to the perimeter. At the end of the rope, contestants will be locked in a harness with the rope tied to their harness. And at the sound of the horn, contestants will have to pull their way toward the edge of the circle where they can find a key that's buried in the sand untie themselves and release themselves from their harness. The first person to unlock themselves from their harness wins the challenge for the day. This is a male elimination day. So whatever guy wins and unlocks their harness first will be safe from the duel. And whatever female wins, the challenge gets two round trip tickets on frontier airlines. Rob, tell us what you think. Oh, I just, um, I'm never a huge fan of weight-based eliminations or missions. I just think that they become somewhat predictable, and then I'm not a huge fan. Also, how they have this set up, what happens is, so there's 10 overall competitors for each side at this point. 
So the five guys on one side and the five girls on one side each end up like just coming together and pooling. And then so you're kind of forced to work together with people that you're just kind of put together with. So I guess I wouldn't have minded it that much if there was some room for some element of politicking here. Well, I, do you I, think, like, yeah, do you think that they let them pick where they lock themselves in? No. Well, I'm not sure that they predicted what would happen. Like they, they knew that they were all going to have to end up coming together for this to work out. Um, and no, I definitely don't think they let them pick. I think they just threw them in place. To me, this was one of the biggest missteps of the season. You're going to come out of the gate with the first ever individual challenge. Like that's something we might not have yeah. accentuated yeah. at the start of this podcast. This is the first time in the history of the challenge where there's going to be a single male and a single female that win the show. Well, and the first that challenge together. Oh yeah, exactly. That, but you have a first challenge on the duel that is won not by a single individual having an amazing performance, but just being the guy who they decide to, all right, you you're going to win because we're tired and we're all going to move this direction to get this over with. Cause that's what I felt like it was. But to Rob's point, I don't know if they knew that that would happen, but to counter that, I think they should have known, you know what oh, I mean? Like, they have that's the, they what did they think? Know. They totally they should know. Well, they should know a lot of things that they don't know. Why do you think they don't know? Do they just don't care? Is that what they I think? It's, I think it is apathy. I'll, I'll how much do you think? Apathy. How much do you think the producers of the show enjoy their job? Not nearly as much as I would. I'm with you. I think. I honestly think they went into this challenge thinking that they all were going to go in different directions, but they didn't actually have ten people try this challenge first. And if they had actually tested it before they decided on it, they would never have done it. So realistically, what happened was is they got to the location, they did a trial run of it and went, oh, shit, but then couldn't change it. And they like, well, we'll we'll make it work. That was what happened. I, I think apathy is a huge, especially in this point in time, apathy is a huge affliction amongst the, the production team. Tell everyone the uh, the funny, I guess – the, the the funny course, the the humorous part of the I guess the the women's heat. What happens? Well, that's that Robin wins. Yeah, the, it's four verse five verse one, with <laughs> Beth trying to like be a hero, like <laughs> out on an island, <laughs> going completely nowhere. And then the group of four is when that moves over to Beth, right? It's not the five. Correct. Right. It's the group of four really moves, moves toward Beth, and Beth is trying to like, dig her key out of the sand and someone from the group of five Robin uh, also kind of run runs toward where the, the other team runs towards is able to dig her key out of the sand first and wins for the women. I don't care how she was able to move so easily. I think it was just luck. If I'm being completely honest, she well, was he, in the right position in the harnesses and when the weight was pulled, she just happened to be in the right place. It's not like Robin was the mastermind of getting this done. I did just the way she moves here. She moves so much more seamless than everybody else. Everybody else is like straining and pulling, and it's like a huge ordeal. And then Robin just skirts over there like it's like no problem. The men go, they branch off into groups pretty much immediately. Easy. Easy and C tier on one side, so that pretty it, much means it, it, it's, it's over. It's like Big Easy, C T, Evan, 
Um, Evans on that side too. Are you sure? Yeah, he is. Yeah. Oh my god, it's insane. Like it was obvious that one of the men from that side was going to win because like Derek K was pulling and everybody else was quitting and he's still trying to pull. That makes me think that they did have somewhat of a say in where they lined up. If those three are on the same side, put the word, no, no, think the producers like would put those three on the same side. No, they probably the just don't care. We just names out of the they hat. don't care. Yeah, no, the they put, they totally care. They totally just randomized it and pulled names out of a hat. And we're like, okay, U five and U five go. The producers had like four consecutive seasons where the teams are massively lopsided. They didn't care. <laughs> it's true. It's so true. They just don't give a shit. Yeah, I think that, like if I went in that room and was like, it would be like me in a group project in like one of my freshman year classes. Like, what the where fuck? I'm, like, are you trying guys doing? To, like, yeah, like I'm like, I've got all these ideas and I'm trying to like, guys, let's do this. It'll be fun and we can get a good grade and it'll all be great. And they're just like, like just just off to the side on their phones. And There's I'm not so caring. many moments from these like early seasons, and it it goes it goes away as you get later into the show's history or like into more recent times. But early on, you just have so many moments where it's like, why? Like, what are you thinking? Like, why did you do that? There's a lot of them in recent seasons, too. We, we, we've already talked way too much about modern seasons, but the entire season of Vendettas is like the, the producers <laughs> just like picking random ideas out of the hat that they had thrown in there from old seasons that they didn't use. And there's a reason it was run by the people that did bad girls club. They oh, did not two, know how to run a season of the challenge. It's a that, different animal. Those two seasons killed the challenge for me. Like I would like, it was so difficult for me to watch the show at that point in time. I, I was like, there would be like multiple episodes that would like build up at once I, I like wasn't watching it every week, partly because I was really enjoying what we were doing at the time with this yeah. too. So that made it even more difficult. And like, it was so nice. What was the first Rob? What was the first season after those two seasons that came out? Was it War of the World? War of the World one? Yeah, World yeah. It was like a breath of fresh air. Yeah, because you had Dirty Thirty, which is great, Love and dirty. then yeah, you get the two turds that followed. I honestly don't mind Final Reckoning that much. Vendetta's is horrible. Final Reckoning, I I think, has its uh, moments. Yeah. So, Eric, so Easy is the one who ends up digging he, his key out of the sand first for the guys. He wins along with Robin. And we get to the selection process immediately after the challenge. And Jody mentions, and I think this is probably a sentence, one of the the sentiment sentiment for a lot of the people on the cast is that they were given no time to deliberate on what the selection would look like. And they did it at the challenge immediately after it finished. So I think it kind of catches everyone on their heels a little bit here. Eric goes on first, Eric goes first. He picks Robin then Brad, Jody, Derek, Kina, CT, Anissa, all the way down to the point where it is pretty much all Key West people left. And Kenny picks Svetlana. And at this point, Svetlana has to decide whether or not Johnny or Tyler will be the person that's guaranteed to go into elimination. And she chooses wisely Johnny. I so don't know Tyler, if that's wisely. Yes, it was think, wisely at the time. Because at think the about time. it. At this point, like he's probably like a slightly better competitor than Tyler. And I don't think we can have we have any room to judge who's a better competitor between. I think so. I, from like from my memory, like Tyler is like a complete dud in competitions early on in the show. 
from my memory. Well, I could be wrong fine. about that. But that's my memory. Well, memory. if you go by when this aired, you literally only had this competition to judge. I mean, just in terms of at the time, because Tyler later on got in better shape. But at the time, physically, Johnny was in better shape. And so when you have two unknowns there, I would pick the guy who works out a little bit more than the other guy. That's just how I would pull it. I, I think Tyler I, – I would trust Tyler more than Johnny. Like I, in a future situation, I would trust Tyler to more so align with me than I would Johnny. Oh, I don't know what the personal dynamics were at this time. I mean this is really tomato tomato. Neither of these guys were going to help her get that far in the game. Tyler makes the dumbest move here, though. And no, I know what the hell is he so thinking? Moronic. I mean, this so shows how stupid he was in this game at this point. Like, okay, it's obvious that they're going to put all the Key West people in first. And so Tyler picks Johnny. Like, what is this dude thinking when he does he's this? Also, he's 25 at this point, too. Like, so he's still pretty young, but he's not, like, super, super young. He's old enough to know better. At least, I mean, but I guess, though, this being your first competition reality show, maybe it wasn't. But you picking Johnny is not going to endear you to the rest of the cast here. They're still just going to throw you right back in. Everyone was well, really he, confused by it, too. Yeah, he mentioned specifically that he wanted to pick someone he'd feel comfortable losing to. I'm like, I, yeah, I think this I is kind of like, remember in Inferno 2, where Karamo didn't want to go against... Uh, well, Landon wanted to go against Karamo. Yeah, because no, I think that's a different situation because Karamo was not beating either of those guys in just about. I know, and he didn't want he didn't want to get feel like he got humiliated going against uh, the Miz, okay. and I think that's what's going what's going on here. And we have one of the dumbest eliminations in the history of the show that we're about to talk about. And I think if it was like pretty much any other type of competition, we would we would have seen a different result. Maybe six worst production decisions can be a show. There's six in this episode alone. I mean, oh, yeah, yeah. there are there are some fun. big whoppers for a season that is voted number one by the listeners of this show and Reddit and everywhere else. There are some big mistakes that happen in this episode. It has its flaws. I, I don't. For me, they don't bring things down that much. But like we said, the season gets better as it goes. But man, they started off with just some wonky stuff here to start. So Johnny and Tyler will go against each other in elimination. To decide what the elimination for that night will be, TJ has four cards. He holds out in front of Tyler. Tyler picks one card, and each of the four cards correspond to an elimination for the night. Tyler picks a card, and it is called I Can. So this is not the most most straightforward elimination to describe, but there's a crate made to pretty much hold watermelons. Attached to the crate are handles that branch out from the container. The contestant who, I don't know. Here, I'm going to wing it. So what there is is there's this giant container that's supposed to hold watermelons, and pretty much the object of the elimination is to kind of pick up the container that holds watermelons. But... Only one person will lift up the watermelons, and to decide who is the person who lifts up the watermelons, you kind of go in a bidding back and forth to decide how many watermelons will be in there to begin with, right? So if Rob and I are in up for elimination, and I start off the um, like 
the process. I can say I can say that I can think I can lift 30 watermelons. And then Rob can either say he can lift more than me and name a number, or he can say, go ahead, try and lift 30 watermelons. And that's pretty much how it goes until someone pretty much goes out and tries to do it. And if they can lift it up and hold it up for five seconds, they win. If they're not able to lift it up, they lose. And it's a complete dud. The winner also gets it's a watch. It's really bad. It's really, so, really right. bad. So I'll, I will say this. How much do you think a watermelon weighs? I have no idea. These are Brazilian watermelons, so I don't quite know what that means for the quality. Like, I mean, they're obviously all going to be different. Like, uh, are these like full size watermelons? Like sixteen pounds, uh, maybe? When I when I looked it up, when I was watched the episode earlier, th- this is the size of an average watermelon. Okay, I think it's like sixteen pounds, probably. Trace. Hmm. I would say. 10 to 12 pounds. All right. So it weighs 20 to 25 pounds. That's the average 20 watermelon. 25. I know. These watermelons, they look like they weigh like five pounds. That was yeah. my yeah, guess. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. These look tiny. Like, how many do you so, think? Like 21 of them? 31. So they go through the bidding process between Johnny and Tyler, and it gets up to 31 watermelons. And Johnny, Johnny pretty much cha- Johnny challenges Tyler to lift the 31 watermelons. And Tyler goes out there and does it like he's lifting like the the end of a mattress. Like it pretty much like no like physical exertion whatsoever. Like he does it like he's like walking through the park. And Johnny goes home. So if each each of these weighed like 10 pounds, I think what makes it easier is that this contraption that they built is kind of like on like a hinge at the end. It is. And so Everyone should like if they really care enough to like know what we're talking about. Just go watch the video of this, and they can see. But it's kind of like on like a pivot. So like the con- the container that they built to hold the watermelons kind of like swings on a hinge, like on a door, and it just makes it much more easier to lift on up, up off the ground than it would be if you were like deadlifting the equ- the equivalent amount of weight. And see, well, that's where I jump in on that. Motion. It is a very deadlift type motion, kind of. And I, all right, so for the people that listen to the show, I'm about 6'1", I'm about 210 pounds, and I do CrossFit, but I am not that in shape. Like, I am, I'm average in shape guy. I can deadlift on my best day 400 pounds, and that is like one rep. That's not, that. that is one single rep at 400 pounds. If... You gave me that equivalent. I could probably max out the watermelons that they have on this show because of the hinge, because it really is the the whole motion of this is just getting it off the ground. Once it's off the ground, it's not that bad because you have so much of the weight evenly spread out. Like it's not like they stacked the weight in the middle. It's not like they lopsided it. They stacked the weight pretty evenly. So if you get it off the ground, you will hold it for five seconds. That's what happens. One of the next times that they do this with Easy, right? Easy maxes it out, doesn't he? They just run out of. Yeah, he does. He he maxes out and picks up every watermelon or coconut uh, or whatever they it was. Use different, they use different items each time. Well, the thing is too. So like, so thirty-one watermelons. So each of those is twenty-two pounds. That's about six hundred and eighty pounds that Tyler's lifting. I don't at. think there's no there's way those, no those watermelons are not twenty pounds. 
They're like no, 10 pounds. I, I, I completely agree. No, I completely agree. There's no way that each of those things is 20 pounds. The way let's they say roll it's, down to. So, yeah, they roll down to. So let's say it's like 310 pounds. So each watermelon's like 10 pounds. That's, I feel like that's still being generous, but let's say it's 10 pounds. So 310 pounds, like on a hinge, like, I, I think that's the factor that he, Johnny, probably like didn't take into account when no, they I, went I, through I, the, I put no blame on him for this elimination. How in the world is no. he supposed to be able to account for any of this? I don't think you can. Like, and that's why I say it's a crappy elimination. Oh, there, there's a million. Any elimination, only one competitor really competes is a terrible elimination. And, and that's the other thing, too, is, again, the name of the season is the duel. And even though this is technically a duel in guessing, it's a terrible, awful game to play. It's awful. Imagine how much – imagine if they replaced this elimination with balls in. Like, how much better this would be? Yeah, I mean, balls in, I mean, you could do, hell, just put two ropes there and do a rope climb, and this is better than I can. Yeah, but they already have a sender, so I don't know if we need a rope climb. Anything. (laughs) Really, this is, all right, we have seen some bad eliminations in this show. Can we agree that this is the worst idea for an elimination in the history? No, of the not the Narnie Georgia one is worse. That that one I can't. I um, like literally can't watch that. that. That one's worse. What are some other ones on that level? Oh, there, there's there's definitely a lot. The the the, the, the one eating one. It's actually kind of similar to this one. Um, on X's two, actually, it's really similar to this one where it's um pairs. So like the one pair has to bet how much they think the other member of their pair can eat, and they go back and forth like they do on this one. That eventually one of them has to eat. Like yeah, that is pretty bad. I'll 16, give you 16 brownies or whatever it is. That is pretty bad. I'll give you that. Really, anything where you're betting where the other person can do is just a bad decision in this show. It really is. It, it, those were bad. Johnny loses. They give him 20 minutes to go back to the house, grab his things and leave. We get our first Johnny bananas toast on the show as he departs the house and the, the moon transitions and the sun, the sun, the moon and, and the stars move around we're, we're left with, with nothing until, uh, w- w- next season, right? Inferno three, he's back at this point in the time that this is still when everyone calls him John too, or a lot of people call him John, would you and, have – all right, let's be honest here real quick. Sorry. Would – if you were an original viewer of this show and this is airing in real time, would any of us have predicted that Bananas would be the face of the show based on this season? Well, no of one. course no. But like I think – I don't think anyone would have had a good prediction on who was going to be the face of the show moving forward. And that's one of the things that I would love to draw up about the historical piece of the show is it's like you can never judge anyone by their rookie appearance. Mm. Good or bad. You can make some good assumptions. You can make some yeah, you can make some okay. You can make good assumptions, but Johnny very well proved over the years like you can overcome a bad season if you work hard enough. Definitely. I think I think everyone on the show right now, and everyone associated with the show would be shocked if you told them that there would be 22 more seasons of the show after the one oh, that they were yeah. on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, okay, yeah. That. No, and that's a great that, point. That's and a, they're bringing in people from Europe and, like, Turkey. Like, they're, they're pulling like people from everywhere. 
Would yeah. anyone some guy named Turbo from Turkish Survivor is going to win the challenge? Like, yeah, right. All right, I know we're giving a little bit of season thirty-five spoilers here in a casting thing, but would you have ever guessed in the year two thousand six that a member of the Survivor cast would ever be on the challenge? That, that's so, not as surprising to me. So this is this they interacted. Is something that I was going to bring up at some point. So out of all the people on season four of Survivor, Winners at War, who's the person that you would most want to see appear on the challenge? And I'll, I'll tell you right now, there's a right answer to this and there's a wrong answer. So go ahead. Are they coming in in current shape or like what's the situation? They can get ready. They can, you know, they well, can get in shape. They, 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 they know what they're getting into. Can we, can, can we time machine them like back a few years? No. Sure. <laughs> Nat, Nat, Natalie Anderson could actually like compete. No, I don't want to see her. I like she like does not entertain me at all. All right, so this I is going to her. this will probably shock you, Devin, because I don't like this person. I think Adam is the perfect person from Survivor to cross over to the challenge. I disagree with that. I don't mind Adam, but he um I do not think he would do. I dislike the, the guy immensely, but I in terms of what, I don't think he doesn't inspire that much vitriol, but I don't I just don't think he'd be that good. I just don't really care for him. So the right answer is Tony. Well, yeah, but like that's what I'm saying. No, he goes home first episode. That's not even a question. No, Tony goes home first episode. (laughs) Because the thing is, the whole fun about Tony is him like being crazy, running around, finding idols, like building spy shacks. What's he going to do on the challenge? Challenge That's West. The whole point. Imagine what he's capable of on the show. Him in. No, and... he wouldn't do anything. He'd just he be would... like hanging with West for a little bit and then Which he is why I purge think out. Is actually intriguing because you could see Adam looking at the political landscape and going, okay, I can work with this person and stick around. Like, I think Adam is currently the only member of season 40. Other, th- I mean, Boston Rob physically would not be able to hang, but mentally. Oh, my God, no. Well, but a lot, I think any of them could hang mentally. I don't think – I think going on Survivor and what you get is such a significantly more impressive mental achievement specifically. I agree. Than just just being on the challenge. Like uh, any of them could hang mentally. Oh, yeah, but um, physically, no. Like they're no, like, like, like you imagine they have a purge like they did on Vendettas where they have to run up, like run through all the mountain and all that stuff. Or like a <laughs> final like they had in War of the Worlds 1 where they ran – 24 miles in the desert and you've got Tony Vlachos like trying to run that. It would be you know, of the current Survivor 40 cast, I think maybe Tyson is the only dude no, of the man that, that might handle it. No, he can't. Dude, he, no. used to be a he used to be a professional uh, bicycle rider. I don't think he could handle it. No, I think he would, he would. He could. You, he could not come would, in last. That's the dude, thing. He would Just wipe. He would last. wipe the floor with them, Rob. You don't. So he. He is like, like by far, you'll like learn as you watch the show. Like he like mops the floor with everyone when it comes to like any like running or swimming. Like this is, it used to be like his profession. That's like what he did. Like, and I, I'm sh- I, like I don't think it would like take him that long to get like in that kind of shape again. And he's not like super old. He's probably in like his early forties. His early forties, maybe late thirties. Dude, he he would definitely he would definitely not mop the floor with these guys. Theo is an Olympic sprinter. Yeah, but we're talking about endurance here. Okay, well, sure. Like, there'd be some specific missions where he could hang, but like if he's going against like Hunter in a pole wrestle, like that, that that would not be a good look for Tyson. I'm talking about like just like like the final or like th- those type well, of like, well, moments. That, that, yeah, yeah, that, that's a different situation. But I think yeah, but the cha- the whole thing about the challenge is you have to do a lot of different stuff. 
I think there's he's got limited enough skill set where I don't think he could really hang. And I will say that is why our show exists. That's why the challenge exists is because of all the reality shows out there. You can't just be good at one thing. Like on Survivor, you can be an amazing political player and win. On the challenge, you have to be a good political player to get to the final, but you can also be a good physical competitor and get to the final. And you could be the best political player on the planet and still lose the final. Yeah, there's not many one-trick ponies that win the challenge. You have to be very versatile, and that is why, as much as our haters will hate me for saying this, this is why Johnny Bananas has the the championships that he does in the challenge is because he's not great at any one thing. He's decent at a lot of things and he he's, makes it to the end. He's had, he's had a lot of help in getting some of those wins too. I will not disagree with that. He would have, not have, have th- won the ruins if it wasn't for Evan and Kenny. We have three episodes to get through. Sorry. Keep going. Episode two. The episode starts. Beth, Tina, Tyler, and Paula talk about how they feel like everything's a popularity contest. Beth says that she doesn't want any drama. Paula says that she's concerned with the fact that she's in the same room with Beth because she doesn't want that to like affect her in any way. Tina says that Beth is playing the victim, then calls Beth ugly. Not a good look for Tina. Diem talks about how she's been going through chemo for six months. She says she. She, she knows that she'll have to show people what she looks like without her wig at some point uh, that she's wearing because she lost all of her hair from chemo, and which is foreshadowing for the challenge that's about to happen. Beth tells Tyler that Tina has zero integrity for what she did to Kenny the day before uh, when she's talking about how Tina did not pick Kenny uh, in the selection process, even though that they were partners in the previous season in Who Fresh Meat 1. Instead? And Beth says that she thinks she'll go into the elimination every time. Jody says that <laughs> in a confessional right after that they're going to go for Beth that day because she gives a <laughs> bad vibe. And then in my notes, I said, have this is the last time we see Jody with a, with a frown face. Cause I remember that at this moment, but we get to the challenge for episode two. DM says that she knows she's going to have to take her wig off when she sees that there's a giant mud pit. And there are two heats for this challenge, a male heat and a female heat. And to describe the challenge specifically, there's a giant mud pit in the shape of a football field. Contestants will start at one end of the pit and at the opposite end are wooden poles with colored rings on them. And, there's one color per pole. Each pole belongs to one contestant. And the object is to run from one end of the pit to the other end of the pit, grab someone's ring, not yours, off of the pole, and run back to the start and place it on the pole with a corresponding color. You can grab one ring at a time, and you're eliminated when you can no when you no longer have any rings, and people have taken all of your rings and placed them at the other end of the pit. The last person left with rings wins the challenge, and this is an, a women's elimination day. The men can win some like DJ kit that was popular in the late 2000s. So, what did we think of this one? 
Yeah, and they've done this. They've done a variation of this challenge at least a half dozen times since. Like oh, this yeah. is this is the type of challenge that I really get into personally, oh, because really? part of it is politics, but the other part of it is is how bad do you want it? I feel like this is all politics. This one. <laughs> no, I think it is all. I, well, I I think it should be all politics. I don't know how calculated these players are being. Because like when the women we let's just talk about both simultaneously. But like when the women go, like they pretty much go like straight for Beth immediately. She's like knocked out before she can go back to the other end twice. Sure. And then I mean, Dion puts in an impressive performance. And I, I mean, this this is one of those moments of her taking off the wig. Like that that's one of like maybe like the four to six moments that people go back to on the entire show's history. Would you say? I was gonna say for sure. I was going to say most, this is iconic. This is an iconic moment in the show is with DM taking off that wig. Like, it, yeah, this is. Yeah, I would. I would honestly even like I feel like I would be hard pressed to name one that's more iconic than this moment. So what happens, I guess, just to say it is that the women are about to go and DM is starts to get emotional because she doesn't want to take her wig off. But she knows she's going to have to to be able to compete in the challenge. Robin, uh, making a very nice gesture, asked the production crew if they have any like swim caps uh for the women to wear uh and kind of giving dm like an out to like not have to show everyone what she looks like without her wig on and dm pretty much says fuck it like i'm not gonna wear that and takes her wig off and shows everyone what she looks like and everyone kind of cheers her on and goes on to win the challenge for episode two and it's really a a great moment in the show's history. You actually say maybe the most heartwarming moment in the show's history, or at least oh, like seen as the easily, most easily. It's such a great the, time. When you talk about the other best moments, usually the ones that come up are like Johnny or Smashly stealing the money or CT like yeah. backpacking Johnny. And it's like the, the, those, those certainly are something where you like, you just don't, you don't feel really good about yourself after um, watching those moments. <laughs> You're yeah, not wrong. Like, no, you don't. You don't want Smashly steal five hundred thousand dollars from Hunter and be like, "Oh, let's you know." That, that makes me feel really great about how things are going in the world. You're not wrong. Yeah. I do yeah. think so, that what's great is the quote from DM about Derek. Like she takes the wig off, and Derek Kaczynski goes, "Man, D, you look good." And she was like, "That made me feel so much better." And then CT was like, she's got that whole G.I. Jane vibe going on, which was a big movie at the time when this came out. Uh, I mean, it just really is a really nice, heartwarming moment in a show that is usually filled with cutthroat political vibes. And she well, she's like friends with pretty much all the guys on this cast. Yeah. At least she's got good relationships with them. Like her, I'm sure in CT, obviously, I started the relationship yet, but that'll come shortly. Like her and West are really good friends. Her and Evan, her and Derek, obviously. Um, she's got she's got solid relationships surrounding this cast. Yeah, basically, I think over half this cast was on Fresh Meat, so which makes it incredible that she like never wins one. I have that in my notes at some point throughout these first four episodes. That like it's just like, especially this in this era when it's like much easier to win. Well, the final. She's only really on one team season where she has a shot, which is Gauntlet, Gauntlet three. 3. Yeah. And I would have said Battle of the X's would have been if CT hadn't gassed out. No, yeah, she had a shot on that one, too. But I was saying, like, you, the reason why it was so much easier is because of how many bigger team challenges there were and more than four people winning a season. 
Yeah. And what else is she on? She had a lot of casting bad luck. I mean, she was yeah, on some seasons where bad luck. Came in the ruins. And so, she goes home first. Like, she goes home immediately. Yeah. Like, as much as Johnny and Evan and those people are her friends, they were there to play the game at the ruins. And they were like, hey, if we send DM home, they're screwed. And they were right. <laughs> and then, like, and she um, kind of she gets unlucky with the seasons that she's on, too. She's on a lot of, like, the more, like, individual-based ones. Or two. not team ones. Like, she makes it to the final elimination of Duel 2. Uh, gosh, what else is she on? Uh, Rivals 2, she's paired with Anissa, and, like... That's tough, They do, They do okay, but, like, Emily and Paula, like, are a team in that season. Like, that's just not happening. Even if Diem had made it to the final, there's no way Emily and Paula were going to lose that final. Oh, like, I mean, well, God... They, they actually come pretty close to losing to Cara and Cook. They just, Paula, Paula just destroys the eating portion in that final. Yeah, I mean, so, I just, gosh, man, she really has had some casting bad luck when it comes to seasons she's been on. Like, Battle, Gauntlet 3 and Battle the X's were her two best chances, and Big Easy kind of screwed up Gauntlet 3, and CT gassing out, and Johnny and Camilla walking in their tracks in the snow won them that final. I mean, to be honest, this is really, you can even say this is maybe her, I don't want to say it's her best shot, Gauntlet 3 is her best shot, but she has a really good shot to win this season. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll get to it later on, obviously. But if Anissa takes out Jody, I would say DM probably went to the final over Anissa. I feel like last oh, week she had a pretty easily. Easy oh, we can't say easy. This is a pretty short final. For the men, Wes is out pretty much immediately. And in my notes, I have uh, a comment about how he Wes is physically ballooned. From the season before. Oh, he um, he looks huge this season. Like, do you see how ripped he looked when he had his shirt off? Dude, he's fucking juicing for sure. That's the other thing, that, too. I know that he's all denied the dudes, it. All the dudes on this season look pretty jacked. I mean, Evan, Wes, CT, Derek, like, everybody like, is jacked. They're cut, too, for how big they are. I don't like throwing out steroids because, I like, I have no idea how steroids work. And people can get pretty ripped without using steroids. Yeah. I mean, if you so make... I, if you make working out your priority and Wes has claimed that in this time frame between fresh meat and dual one, he was lifting weights three times a day. What else else are these guys doing? Well, Wes was the only dude trying to, he like bought a yogurt place. If I remember right, like he had like started a business like he had done, or maybe he did that after dual one. I think I, I remember vividly, he started a business that was very profitable. And even though he's doing beta blocks now, even though he sold the yogurt business, he apparently still owns the real estate of it. So the people that own the yogurt place now still pay him, which is weird. I'm sure like he had, I'm sure West especially had some side moves going on. Sure. But like, but, like they, 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 these dudes were just going to bars and like, as long as they keep their alcohol intake to a certain level, it's not like they're they're in the gym like all day. So I, I can see how they yeah. look. And especially, and this is a secret for all you people that want to lose weight and still drink. If you drink nothing but vodka and just drink straight vodka, it's zero calories. So if you want to drink and have a good time and still get in good shape, just drink vodka. That's it. It's, it still does some. It's still not great for you. Um, it's not great for you, but in terms of other alcohols, like you don't sure. have to deal with the fat and the sugars, especially if you use potato vodka. Sure. Yeah. Comparatively. Um, I'm looking at uh, beta, beta blocks. Go ahead. 
Uh, I don't have that much of a take away from the guy side specifically. They, they they specifically do target Wes and Tyler early for being good swimmers. Um, and then outside of that, I didn't think there was much notable. So, who wins for the guys? Remind me. Ken, uh, uh, it's Kenny, Kenny wins. Kenny somehow lucked into that win. Like, nobody yeah, he, thought about throwing the rings on Kenny. Kenny, people, they, they, like Kenny seems like a legit trash competitor for the first few seasons he's on the show. Like people Which is don't insane think he's because the duel is the only season he gets eliminated. Every well, other season the only he's time on. He's in it. It's the only um, time he's in an individual elimination. Any other time he's in an elimination, it's a paired one. A pair or a team, yeah. No kidding. Well, I but mean, no, but I mean like an elimination. Like, um, oh, that's right. Because Inferno three, he didn't even go to an elimination. He didn't go he do in it on Gauntlet or the, the ruins. Team ones. Yeah, and the team ones, he and Evan could just like dummy the team into not throwing them into eliminations. Um, and then the only other times he goes in is like freshman two or rivals one when he's in a pair. So, DM is the one that starts the selection process, and. It gets down to the point where, oh, there is no selection process because there's a fight here. <laughs> oh, yeah. You have challenge. To, I forgot about it. skipped over something else there, but. Uh, what did you want to talk about? No, that's what I'm telling you. Like the, the, oh, you yeah. Know, Beth, the so, fight, quote unquote. <laughs> Beth and Tina start to argue after the challenge. Tina uh, asks Beth if she wants some mud to go with her Botox. And. <laughs> Evan says, uh, wherever you find uh, God, you're also going to find the devil in reference to kind of the altercation that's about to happen between Beth and Tina. Uh, Beth tells Tina uh, not to nudge her because apparently Tina did that at some point. Tina tells Beth to back off. Otherwise, she's going to punch her. Tina says that she would love to get off for, for punching her. And Tina says that Beth tries to start fighting, start at the fight in the confessional after, or in the middle of all of this, Beth says that she's not afraid of Tina. Beth goes up and. Oh, no, I messed that last part up. <laughs> Beth go or Tina goes up to Beth at, after they kind of like chirp back and forth at each other and takes a swing at Beth, but Beth mostly blocks it. It's the yeah. weakest Damn punch really. of all time. What makes Damn it funny is that like yeah. after this, after this in the next episode, so I guess we can transition into episode three because that's the end of episode two. And we get into episode three where they kind of pick up the action again. And in episode three, they have Beth in the back of like, kind of like the medic like truck that they have with like an <laughs> ice pack on her cheek. She didn't even get hit. She got grazed. She has a decent sized bruise on her cheek. Ah, that, that could be from that, that could be from anything. But like, she did not get hit. If you watch the punch in slow mo, which they did on the show, Tina barely grazed her on the forehead. It I is just, the weakest hit of all time. So, Tina and one of her last. Tina and one of her last. Go ahead. We, we really need to work on this. We might need to cut that. Um, <laughs> let it roll. It. Just let it roll. Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay. Well, so uh, my favorite scene though here is TJ leading Tina away as she's after if she was like yeah. like a WWE wrestler who like just came in and dove into a competition they weren't supposed to and then getting walked away. And 
TJ is like, you know, you have to go home now, right? And she's like, yeah. (laughs) I just like, I watch this punch. I'm literally watching it as we're talking. Like Tina doesn't even really hit her. Like it, like she like maybe grazes the hairs on her forehead barely. I mean, I mean, she's gonna get sent home because you can't throw a punch and stay on the challenge. It's not gonna happen. Well, Toby, which they pivot on a little bit later. Yeah, when Tony Reigns fights his brother. Well, yeah. All right. In this era of the challenge, what's his name got thrown out for smushing Shane in the face? In oh, uh, that, that was a legit Steven. slap. Yeah, it was a pretty that, legit slap. But that slap was way harder than what Tina did. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Like Tina um, actually had the intent to hit her, but. Tina did not hit like it barely glanced off. We know off. what the context of this fight really was. Is it just them like not like heat each of the other? moment? Heat of the moment. Here, but it's not like they were adding. Years of maybe Tina targeted Beth or something. I think this is years of pent up like emotion towards each other. And Tina says in one of her last quotes before we uh, don't see her again until she comes in as a mercenary and cutthroat. Uh, and it, the, the thing is, they use this as like how she, like they have CT fighting Adam when CT rolls in. Like this dude, he could kill somebody, and they cut to like Tina barely grazing Beth in the punch. <laughs> so yeah. Tina says, "Punching Beth is like punching a frozen piece of pig." But I know uh, you didn't feel it because that Botox has gotten all, your face all frozen. Oh, really going at the Botox here? I mean, anti-plastic surgery. Dude, Botox is so weird. Like, I, I feel like I see it here in Southern California maybe slightly more than you guys do. I don't know. You but totally like, do, probably. But Birmingham uh, is like the city of, I, I like, I try to be pretty. Plastic surgery. I see it my is so weird, dude. Surgery. Like, people's faces are just, like, frozen. Yeah. You know what I mean? I it like, just looks I so unnatural. Like... You know what's weird is if they, like, saw a ghost, they wouldn't even have an expression. Be like, oh, a ghost. Ah, Sorry. I just think that's just something I can't relate to. Like, I, I think other that like other people, other that might be uh, what other people want. And like, I mean, I'm only 22, so luckily I haven't had to deal with some of the issues these people are trying to combat. Um, so who knows? Maybe maybe in 16 years I'll be all on the Botox game. You know, as a as a person who now has a six month old at age 35, and I'm about to turn 36. I, I the bags under my eyes are making me consider drastic measures. <laughs> yeah, see exactly. With, oh, with wait, wait, okay. wait, um I'm stealing something from Pat Mayo here, but cold spoons is the way to go to combat bags under eyes. See, I've been doing cold what? tea bags. No, cold spoons is the way to go. Take two spoons, like metal spoons, throw them in the freezer overnight, and then when you wake up, press them for like sixteen seconds against your eyes. No more bags. All right, I'll give that a shot and report back. <laughs> As someone How much who, my my freshman year, I took this like choose and decide majors course. It's like one of those garbage courses you take freshman year. And the teacher said I had an outstanding, like we had to do like a mock interview. And the teacher was like, oh, you didn't have an outstanding interview, answered all the questions. One big issue, you have sad eyes. So now I've been trying to combat that ever since. Don't you drink an aggressive amount of coffee though, Trace? Uh, Yeah, like a pot a day. I feel like if you cut that, that back like slightly, <laughs> you, you might help yourself out. Well, Maybe. If you don't want to cut back on coffee, cold spoons. 
You know, I, I will just say uh, I worked 13 hour days for the last month. Uh, there was nothing that was going to stop the bags under my eyes right now. <laughs> my my uh, someone that I work with at the new job that I started, he drinks or he t- uh, takes caffeine pills and he like swears by them. No, I couldn't do that. I'll, I'll do I coffee. I would never take caffeine pills. No. They, no he no. takes extended release caffeine pills. And there was a, a morning last What does last extended week. release mean? So it's, not, so it's like it's not like it like hits your body all at once. It kind of like gradually affects oh, like you like throughout damage. the course of time. Okay. And How do they manage on, that? Rob, say that again? How do they manage that? I don't know. They do it for Adderall. Too. That's what I remember take, it from. Well, why wouldn't you just take a smaller dosage of pill at multiple points? This way, you don't have to. You take it once, and it does it for you. You don't have yeah. to manage it. Uh, I'm on so a medication. What kind like of contraption yeah. is it using that, that that does that? That's chemistry. Look up and extended I'm not release smart Adderall. Yeah. I don't know how. It, it's chemistry. <laughs> but, um, That's so wild to me. So there was a moment this last week where uh, he was like. He couldn't find it for a second, and then he like dug a li- dug a little bit more in his bag, and he's like, "Crisis averted." <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, definitely not an addict over there. So, I'm, dude, I feel like that's what people are like with caffeine and coffee. Like, oh, people, I don't disagree. If you guys knew me and you knew me before coffee, you might not have me on this show because I am an angry <laughs> person, just miserable. I, like I, I'm 50% Cuban. My mom said it's all 100% Cuban. I don't drink coffee. Just you know, almost. I actually get like the few times I have, I get pretty severe headaches. Like, but I'm usually a pretty durable person. See, I get I, headaches I when drink. I don't drink coffee. Yeah. You know, See, I just don't want to be like that though. Like it's like I people will, don't like cocaine waking up like when they don't drink their coffee. <laughs> I will. I will say this on the podcast in the hope that it helps someone else. Stopping. Uh, stopping drinking caffeine or like consuming ca- caffeine was like life changing for me. Like I felt like significantly better after I stopped. And like, I used to drink like a ton of co- coffee and like energy drinks for years. And then I stopped and like immediately felt better. And it like get, gradually gets better, like over like the months that follow, but like d- definitely glad I did that at, at one point. Fair enough, well, man. I, I didn't well, know today's very from... special episode of the challenge. Chronicles. <laughs> Do we need Ben Affleck to star in the after school special on caffeine pills, like Saved by the Bell or something? I'm so right. excited. Sorry, I, I this is getting is, way is for, ben, for the ben people Affleck, listening. Wait, it's 10:30 wait, is ben at night. Affleck on a, is Ben Affleck on an episode of Saved by the Bell? No, he did an after school special where he was like a quarterback of a football team who took steroids. Oh, hmm. how did that go for him? Well, obviously, pretty there well, is. he won an Oscar. <laughs> well, have you guys seen? <laughs> have you seen the? Uh, he's on when Ben Affleck's on Bill Maher, and they're talking about like, uh, like mu- Muslims and like the re- religion of Islam. Have you seen that? No. And he's just oh, like in way over his head. Look it up afterward. It's absolutely hilarious. Like he's just like everyone else is just like like on a different level than him. And he just like comes in like pretty much like screaming like periodically and they have to like kind of like calm him down. But that might've been when he was drinking heavily is my guess. (laughs) Yeah. Honestly, I think it was, I think it, it, I think it may have been. There's an episode where he was like on HBO's the ringer show when Bill Simmons had that show on HBO for a few episodes. And it was obvious that dude was on a bender because he looked like ass that whole episode. How old is Ben Affleck? 
Oh, he's All like 45, right. 46. <sighs> yeah, I like that. I'm going to say 47. I'll take the over. Just to Is spice he that old? Well, he was in – how old was he in um, Good Will Hunting? Like 27. That was almost I mean, 20 yeah, years ago. So. I would have said yeah, 45, so. 46. That's oh, be my by guess. the way, Goodwill Hunting is way more than 20 years ago, Trace. Uh, no, that was 97, my friend. Well, still more Rob, than 20 years ago. 13. No, wait, no, God, 23 years. My, Oh, I'm so old. Sorry. Yeah, 23 years. God, I'm, yeah. Rob, what's your guess? Uh, He's 50. He He's 50. No, he's not 50. He's like 47. That was my guess and Rob's, and we both got it. <sighs> we get into the challenge for episode three because pretty much nothing happens. There, pretty much everything before the challenge for episode three is the drama and the fallout from Beth and Tina. And a very generic confessional interspliced here. The challenge for episode three is called Pass with Care. Pass with care. You will be paired with a contestant of the opposite sex. So this is a Paris challenge. There are two flat platforms that are elevated above water and are connected to each other with a very unstable bridge. Picture the uh, bridge from Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. And <laughs> right, right when this challenge Without started, I, zombies. <laughs> yeah, I had to flash to, or I had to go watch on YouTube the video that like portion of the Temple of Doom where they're coming at him from each direction on the bridge and he like cuts the bridge down. That's like one of the, one of my favorite movie scenes. It's, it's like so uh, suspenseful. I'm pretty out on Indiana Jones. Actually. Oh dude, we don't, dude, uh, we're just going to move on. Raiders of the Jones. Lost Ark is one of my top six movies of all time. Uh, we're going to plow through, plowing through object of this challenge is to go from one end uh, of, from one of the platform to the other in the shortest amount of time. Uh, there will to start off the challenge. The male will be on one side, the female will be on the other. So as you try and get to the other platform as quickly as you can, you have to cross paths. Name of the challenge uh, with each other, <laughs> but to ensure uh, that I, I think they made this rule so they just don't have one person running across the bridge at the same time. And to make sure that both people are on the bridge at the same time, you have to both meet in the middle and touch this plank on the bridge. And it's red. The, it, the it's rest red. Of them, yeah. It's a different color from the rest of them. So you have to pass at that plank. And the team that does this, the fastest wins the challenge for episode three. And I say that we skip over this entire first part. So what happens is no, no, one can no, 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 no. Beth's run on this is hysterical. Right. So <laughs> Beth is the first one that goes. And at this point, like, I think she's committed. Like, I think she like realizes that this may be like one of her best chances to win the show. <laughs> yeah. Who, who, um, who is she with? Kenny, Kenny. And oh, she's like, right. she's like, screw it. Like, I'm going to like, I'm just going to go for it. And before Kenny even gets to the third plank, Beth is just like sprinting down the bridge and like falls off and eats. It's brilliant. But I love this challenge, by the way. I don't know what y'all think. This challenge cracks me up and I love it. It's pretty dopey mission. Like this, there's not I much going it. on here. It's dope, that's but fine. it's a 
great dopey mission that's entertaining as all get out. And watching it's the fine. if they if they set this up where it was a hall brawl and they had two teams of people running into each other, then I'd be all in. So no one can complete the challenge the way that it's designed because the way that it's designed bridge like that's actually a thing the way that it's designed is that you are dq'd if you kind of reach down and touch the wooden planks or if you sit on the planks you're dq'd and there's no railings on the bridge for you to like hold and kind of keep your balance so as you run across it's the bridge is pretty uneven and so this is kind of like a a balance challenge at it, that's fundamentally what it is. It's a, a balance challenge and no one can complete it. The closest that anyone comes to completing it is that when CT and DM go, DM makes it all the way across to the other end and CT makes it a few planks past the middle. And short of that, like I don't even think anyone came remotely close to that. So they changed the rules. They have a second heat and TJ Girl. says that you can, Touch the planks. You can sit on the planks. You just have to get across as quickly as possible. And once this happens, we I alluded to this earlier, but this is easy. I think easy is probably like, I think this is easy is probably like biggest uh, showing on the, as long as he's on the challenge. He pretty much does Beth. Uh, does what Beth does and pretty much like goes for it, runs down the bridge and makes it, I would say probably like three quarters of the way to the other plank before or the other platform, before he kind of like has to like fall down, grab uh, the plank in front of him and crawls across the rest. And he finishes in second to Jody and Evan, but they only lose by 10 seconds. So it was pretty close in the end. Do you ever think, and this is way out of left field, so I have heard in an interview TJ talk about like production does all the challenges before the challengers show up and they usually complete them. Do I they under do they underestimate how hungover the cast is when they do this? I don't buy that they demo all of these missions. I bet you they do, dude. They have because to, they have for to make sure that no one's reasons. gonna get hurt. I mean, they canceled the human cannonball mission because a production member like, got seriously hurt because of it. <laughs> that was like one of the first four seasons. It was, it was like it was Inferno. Human I can't remember what it no, was. No, no, it, was it like, wasn't. It, it wasn't one of the ones we covered. It was prior to us, uh, our our joining of the Challenge Universe. I just remember that production tried it, and a member of production got so insanely hurt. That they were like, yeah, we can't do this. <laughs> it was a human catapult. They had a catapult. They launched people into like this like target platform. <laughs> so like, I was just getting about- they were filming in America at that point. So like the health insurance laws were way different than if they're filming in like Namibia. So I was thinking about so that made me think that human catapult challenge made me think about like how I first like oh my gosh it was that. gauntlet one sorry it was gauntlet one they no did it wasn't no yes. it was not. no it wasn't it was before no. then it was it was before then because i remember seeing about it on like this like clip show of the challenge where they talked about like the challenge and like don john murray was on it and he even talked about how like the reason they decided to do the challenge was because whenever they brought road rules and real world together the show's 
like before there was a challenge, whenever those like paths crossed, the yeah. ratings just like went through the roof. All and right, so it that's what the, made him, it was the extreme challenge. My bad. Yeah. yeah. And so that's what yeah. made him decide to do it. And so have you guys seen that video that I'm talking about? No, I, I don't believe so. So that, that video is good. But then that also made me think of another video that is, I think like generated by a fan of the show. If anyone can send this to me up, please do at the challenge chronicles at gmail.com. It's kind of like, there's some guy that made like a top like 50 moments in the show's history. It's probably through like, I don't know, maybe like X's and it's actually really good. And they like clip out, um, like pretty like full length, um, versions of the moment. So it takes like, I don't know, maybe like an hour to like sit through and watch all of them, but it's really good. Have, have either of you seen it? I think I know have. what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. It was on daily motion. I don't know if it was like, I almost want to say that it was on like, uh, like some privately hosted site and, or like maybe like one of those sites where you can just like bulk, like upload like a bunch of like video files or something. It was almost like, I want to say it was like on a Dropbox or like something like that, but not, not Dropbox specific, but someone should send it if, they know what I'm talking about. Yeah, those really old seasons, like Extreme Challenge specifically, they were just like bringing in anybody who would, uh, anybody who uh, has a decent Q rating was showing up on the show. Like there was one episode where they had a paintball mission that went all wild and then they went to like the court of Judge Mills Lane to defend themselves. That was also when they had like Kobe Bryant show up and they had yeah, like the Kobe whole cast. And, um, Kobe and somebody. Was, I think it was, was it, it Reggie Miller. I honestly don't remember. I just remember it was Kobe and they got creamed by Kobe and whoever his partner was. Shocker. It was like, it was like six on yeah, two and Reggie Kobe Miller. still killed them. Yeah. It was Reggie Miller. Yeah. Shocker that Kobe and Reggie Miller would beat a bunch of, uh, and they were people. young dudes, man. This was like Kobe is a rookie kind of time frame. Well, it was 2000. No, no, it was 2001, 2001. He I mean, they won the title in 2001. So he was like three years into his career at that point. Yeah. He was like, um, I think he was drafted in 96. So he's actually like five years into his career. Right. And Reggie, of course, was actually pretty old come 2001. But what, we should we should rewatch that at some point. Just um, like Reggie Miller and Kobe Bryant. Torres Just for and kicks and giggles. On that, yeah. Whoever's on that season, like Cyrus and basketball. The Road Rules team on that season is pretty good. It's Emily Bailey's on it, Latarian, and then Susie, too. I don't know if it's that good. It, it's for the like time. Moderately notable. I think the real Jamie, one is actually better. Jamie Murray, yeah, is on Real World. Julie, Dan Renzi. Yeah, the Real World team, I think, is better. It's got Cyrus, too. Cyrus? Oh, that Real World team is incredible. Especially from like a character perspective too, I think incredible going, is a bit strong. They're they're, they're <laughs> solid. I think Cyrus. So going through like and like rewatching these episodes and like paying closer to attention to them from doing the podcast, Cyrus has definitely like grown in my mind um, quite a bit. He's one probably one of the players that like I like enjoy more now than I did before we started. No, doing this. Cyrus is Cyrus is fun. I like Cyrus. It's funny, his spacing on seasons is real weird. Yeah. Because I, it's just hard just, because, like, as a viewer, your last impression of him was the ruins, and he didn't exactly have... I mean, he ha, he was decent in the missions, but his elimination was not great. And so uh, I think people's last impression of Cyrus was like, ugh. But when you well, go back like and Evan, watch it, honestly. it's good. 
like people remember Evan, I feel like a lot now for rivals when he's not Evan. And then if you go on, well, any he didn't even, season, he didn't even want to do that season. He did that as a favor to Kenny and John. Yeah. He legit said that where he did it as a favor to help them get farther. And he and already then, knew he was going to leave before the end. Cause he had some program at his college that he was working on. And so yeah. like, he knew he was going to throw a mission to go home at some point. But you watch Evan on any other season and he's easily a top three, top four guy. Like not, not even a question. He's one of the top guys on every other season he's on. Agreed. Evan starts the selection process because it's a male dual day. It gets down to the point where Casey has to decide who will go in and she has to decide between Kenny and Tyler, Casey, chooses Casey chooses Kenny. Kenny Kenny right yeah Kenny so Tyler will have to go into elimination Tyler chooses Derek <laughs> to go into elimination but at this point like who like who would be the right person to pick Nehemiah probably probably Kenny or Nehemiah yeah, yeah, I would have gone Kenny or Nehemiah, but at this point though, if you're Tyler, you're going to go home eventually because there's no way they're going to they're just going to keep throwing you in. So if I'm Tyler, I don't actually fault him for swinging for the fences and going after Derek here. Um, yeah. Well, one thing we glossed over definitely though is there's a there's a scene in the very first episode where Tyler and Paula are talking and Tyler has this quote that, hey, I'll be able to help you out because all the girls will love me and I'll get like picked first at all the times. And he's on two episodes. He's on, yeah, he's picked uh, two times that he's eligible for being elimination. He's not picked. Tyler picks a card and it is Ascender, an elimination that we haven't seen yet. And as we get to the elimination, Ascender turns out to be you have to climb up a rope until you get to a set of monkey bars, climb across the bars, release a set of puzzle pieces while you're still in the air, climb back the, the across the monkey bars from where you came, climb down the rope that you started on and complete a puzzle piece, a puzzle with the pieces that you released from the air. And the person that completes the puzzle first wins the elimination is both of you uh, complete on your, your own course at the same time. And the winner will also get an Xbox 360. And this is pretty much like a wash until both people get to the puzzle because the puzzle, as in all reality shows, is the great equalizer. Yeah. Also, doesn't this seem like it should be still like original Xbox time frame? Yeah. It feels that way, but like... Like the way, the way the show is shot, like the level of footage they're using is definitely way closer to original Xbox and Xbox 360 yeah. in my opinion. For those of you listening, this is still when they were shooting the challenge in standard definition. So it's a four by three frame, non HD. So it feels older than it, it feels actually real is. Old. What What's the first? Yeah, season the aspect HD? is it dual too? No, it's Island is the first HD season. Oh, okay. As it should be. Yeah, the, another reason why the HD. Island is the bomb. <laughs> yeah, it does not feel HD. Derek wins. I don't really have much to say about that elimination. Derek wins a puzzle. Yeah, I, I don't mean, really care care for that elimination. So far, we've I seen like a few fine. duds or a couple duds. For this, I think it's fine. For this point in the show, it's fine. Today, we would have a real problem with that elimination. Back then, it's fine. Well, I think it'd be shot a lot differently now. Like, I think I think they've set it up actually so much similar really to like that Laurel Ninja elimination, and then we just have like a puzzle thing at the top you'd grab and then go down and complete the puzzle 
So how weird is this? So in the first challenge, or in the first episode, they let Johnny go back to the house and say goodbye to everyone. And well, they do that. It was pretty commonplace. Oh, hold yeah. up, hold up. In this elimination, they do not let Tyler go back to the house and say goodbye to everyone. Maybe but Johnny ep- hung around too long. Episode. <laughs> well, hold on, hold on. And now in episode four, when Paula goes home, they let her go back to the house and say goodbye to everyone. So one random episode, they don't let Tyler go back. Isn't that well, weird? They maybe Tyler just didn't want to go back. I doubt that. Like why? Well, I mean, like, why, why would he even go back? That's so random for him to be like, no, nah, I don't want like, you know what I mean? Like it's assumed at this point. You know what I mean? You know, I think he probably did, but it was probably more interesting to show the Derek Beth fight that happened where Derek's like, just be a good person. Yeah. How do you we know? know he didn't go back? He probably because did go say. back. They say. They say. What do they say? Yeah. See, I didn't catch I don't that. Recall. I don't recall, but they there is like some language that they say that makes it clear that he has to say goodbye to everyone there. And that was well, the last time they were going to see him. Man, I, who 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 knows what could be going on? But maybe they. Um, I, I I really don't know, but I, I, I'm sure it's just some weird thing we're not privy to. So, after the challenge, there's like Anissa and Beth start to get into it before everyone heads out to the bars, and that's kind of mild compared to when Derek comes into the room and really starts to go at it with Beth, and Derek tells Beth she's difficult and he kind of he starts i don't even know how to describe it like he starts screaming at beth and tells her to be a good person like trey said and i don't know anyone have anything else to add to that really it's just a wonky verbal confrontation yeah derek is clearly like inebriated it's not the best look for him honestly in the post credits for episode three we kind of behind the credits we get a scene of the girls we get a scene of the girls painting uh makeup on ct as he's like blacked out oh it wasn't uh, just makeup they like put a bra on him with strawberries for nipples like they went hardcore with their decorating of him in drunkenness episode four before the challenge derek tells casey that she might get called out and there are a couple other people that Derek, uh, or that are a part of this conversation. I think it's Derek, Svetlana, and maybe Paula, and it's a conversation about how those three are at risk for the elimination for that day. And we get a confessional from Anissa, and that she says that you really can't trust anyone. We get I don't know token challenge confessional. Paula talks about how all the Key West people are going home first. And we get another confessional from Derek where he says that in some foreshadowing that Svetlana, even though she's a Key West person, is probably going to be around for a while. The challenge for episode four is called Roller Derby. And the object of the challenge is, well, the the challenge takes place on a, a roller rink. And the men will compete against the men. The women will compete against the women. And the object is to make it around the roller rink 10 times. And the person that makes it around the roller rink 10 times first wins. There will be two heats for the men and three heats for the women. And the last round will be a championship round for each sex. And the 
on the straighter ways of the roller rink, it's kind of like shaped like a hockey rink, but you can only like skate on the outside, obviously. But the on the straighter ways of the rink, you can attempt to knock your opponents um, out of the rink. If you get knocked out and you can't get back in for three seconds, you are eliminated. And you also, if you're skating around the rink, cannot hold on to the edge of the rink. And I think, I don't know if they say it explicitly, but I think multiple people kind of get DQ'd if they don't get up quickly enough after they've been knocked down. You have three seconds to get off the ground. If you're on the ground more than three seconds, you're out. Okay. And for the guys, um, since this is a woman's elimination day for the guys, if you, uh, win for the men, you win a BMW motorcycle. This is so random. This is like (laughs) way over the top compared to like, any other like a uh, DJ K21 for the ring ring mission? Yeah, so a DJ system to a motorcycle and not just a motorcycle, a BMW yeah, motorcycle. I think this is what happened. So like I think they like all they like lined up the sponsors for the season and then they like go to each sponsor and they're like, "Oh, like what do you want to like put up for your your prize for the the mission that you'll be the sponsor of bmw was like oh well like like we'll do a motorcycle you know what i mean because like what else are they going to give them you know so like it's like they kind of like probably like they sold bmw on being a sponsor and then it got to the point where bmw had to decide and it was like oh we'll put in a motorcycle you know what i mean but probably also get much context for what everybody else was handing out yeah, is this not like, the best prize though in the history of daily missions? Like a oh, yeah. BMW motorcycle is worth to this, this day, point. right? I mean, like, like, more, like in rival, like in rivals two, you when you won a mission that wasn't your day, you were winning like a thousand bucks. Like, I wonder how much that like retailed for at the time. Probably like 15, 15, 15 would have been my guess. I mean, fifteen. It's probably worth twenty five now. So I would guess about fifteen to nineteen k at this point. So this is this is Brad's actual second place prize. He still owns that bike too. He's put it oh, on I'm Twitter. Sure. He's put it on Twitter where he's like, I can't wait for spring so I can ride my bike. And it's like, there's his BMW motorcycle. It's like, man, talk about like, hey, I didn't win the challenge, but damn, I won a BMW motorcycle. So, if he, yeah, he could just like, if he doesn't want, it, he could just sell it for like twenty k. Brad, so on the first mail, he, Brad wins. He narrowly defeats Evan. The second mail, he, CT wins. And then let's just finish talking about the, the men's uh, portion of this challenge. It's CT versus Brad. And right off the bat, like, I wouldn't even describe what CT is doing as skating. CT <laughs> is pretty much like running around the rink <laughs> with skates on. Yeah. And they're pretty much like beating each other up. And like, I'm honestly kind of surprised that Brad is able to edge out CT in this. I kind of like this challenge. It's a good one. I love this challenge. Yeah, it's good. And the thing too, is that CT didn't even have to skate 10 laps the first time. He just knocked everyone off to the point where he was the (laughs) last man standing. Like that's, what's brilliant is he just beat the crap out of everybody and was like, okay, we're out. (laughs) Like there's not many, like Wes is really ripped this season obviously but he's just so much shorter than ct like there's not many people who can just match ct like size wise that's why it's surprising that brad actually wins 
I think what probably happens to CT is he's so focused on like knocking Brad out that Brad, when he dodges him, can kind of just like actually try to win. On the male or female portion of this, Jody wins the first heat. Casey wins the second. Paula wins. Casey won his second heat. Yeah, she does. It was and just then, bizarre. No, that's what yeah. I'm saying. It's just weird. Yeah. Who was in that second heat? What happened there? I mean, she was the only person skating, and the rest of the girls were just like beating the crap out of each other. And Anissa tried to knock her down, and Anissa fell. It was like Anissa, Paula, and Casey, right? And Anissa yeah. and Paula were like going at it, at it. Like Anissa was just <laughs> telling Paula move, and Casey was. No, because Paula makes it to... They basically, they eliminated Anissa because even though Casey was losing, she was being pushed up against the rail. But one of the rules, this is so Johnny Mosley right here. I mean, (laughs) this was, this mission was crying out for Johnny Mosley. Anissa got DQ'd for holding on to the rail while trying to push Casey over. And because Casey did not have her hands on the rail, she won. Pushing them over the rail, right? It seems a little excessive to me. Like, can't they just like push them out of like a line or a box? It had to be either the interior or over the rail on the no, straightaway. I, I, yeah, I, I just that seems unsafe, honestly. I, I so mean, the, the winners of each of the three heats are Casey, Jody, and Svetlana. Those are the final three. Yeah. And in the finals for the women, like Jody just. Torches them. It's not even close. Like, they, they <laughs> but you know what? You're also forgetting Robin losing her skate in her heat and like skating one footed trying to tackle <laughs> yeah. Svetlana. It's one of the funniest things I've ever seen. And watching Evan and CT lose their minds in laughter watching this is great. Yeah, so she she does have a pretty funny like peg leg look here. <laughs> it's good times. Casey has to pick for the selection process. Every single time I say Casey, it's going to happen again. Multiple times throughout us recording this podcast, my computer thinks I'm say say Siri, oh and it God. like starts to like flash up on the screen, and it's so annoying. Like I like cannot stand Siri to be honest. Siri. Oh, like, I, I, I've not, never like, used Siri. I have an iPhone that I'm using now. Never used Siri. As a Microsoft consultant, I implore all of you to buy a Surface. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> What's their version of Siri? What's it called on Android? Cortana. Oh, yeah, Cortana, like from Halo. She, they removed her from Xbox, though. Which, Thank you God, know, by the way. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, this is this is a way off the rail story. But so when I first got, like, my Xbox One, it was a while ago. It was, like, when it came out. They had this function where when you were playing NBA 2K, if someone cursed in the background, then it would give you a technical foul. So I had multiple games where my family was just like yelling at each other behind me because I had my Xbox in the family room and I would like lose because the, they would give the other team technical fouls. <laughs> that is incredible. Um, that makes me so happy to hear that. That's awesome. We get into the selection process for the women's elimination and it gets down to the point where Easy has to pick between Paula and Svetlana for who will be the one that's guaranteed to go into elimination for episode four. Paula pretty much tells Easy to pick Svetlana to be safe and makes it easy for Easy. So Paula will go into elimination for episode four. 
she decides to go against Anissa, which why she didn't pick Casey, I'm not sure. Maybe that's a great question. <laughs> some type well, of relationship. She say specifically that Anissa was like pushing her around in a mission. Yeah, but then afterwards she says that like she actually like didn't mean that, and she just said that for the show. Didn't you see that? Yeah. It, after I, the, yeah. Yeah. So we don't know when she there's a gone. lot of questionable political decisions by the Key West cast here at the beginning of the season. Yeah, they're 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 still trying to figure out what's going on here, and it's it's not rivals one yet. Paula, Which, by the way, did Paula not dodge a bullet by having a fight with Evelyn sooner than Anissa? Because if she hadn't had that fight with uh, Evelyn, she would have been partnered with Anissa on Rivals 1. Yeah, probably. Probably. Pa- Paula picks the cards from TJ for what the elimination will be and picks Paul Russell. And after the challenge, but before the elimination, Anissa and Paula start to get into it a little bit because... I don't even know if I want to get into it. So, someone else. Said <laughs> like it's not worth even mentioning, but we probably should just to. I mean, Paul Wrestle is the quintessential elimination challenge for the challenge. I mean, two. Oh, people... No, I was talking about the. No, 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 no. I'm talking about oh, the. God. What happened between Anissa and Paula after? Well, they're the like getting on the car. Oh, where they're fighting they're over the by the pool. Yeah. Okay, it's lame. It's awful. Anissa is going after Paula and Paula's just like, I just picked you because of, I want to go against you and it's for the show and blah, 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 blah. And it's just stupid. It really okay. is. We, stupid. we don't need to talk about it. No, Elimination for episode four. Uh, we get Paul Russell for the first time, which will be one of the most iconic eliminations in the show's history. Is this maybe second to uh hall ball or third to hall brawl and balls in? I still I think, think this, no, is, this better. is better than hall. Brawl. This is better. This is- no, I'm saying I'm saying as far as like like the order of most iconic. Like I think this might might be better, but they don't do it as often as the no, other. No, no, no. But it's iconic, especially for the end of this season for Wes versus Derek. I mean, that it, might be the greatest elimination in the history of the show. I, I think I think Paul Russell is. Um, I would say it's more iconic for me. So the what happens is each contestant grabs onto this wooden pole that's I would say maybe like three, three feet long. Is it wooden? And, yeah, it's and, wood season, and you have to pretty much pull it away from your opponent until they're no longer grabbing onto it. And the first person that can do that wins. And unfortunately for Paula, Nisa has like forty pounds on her. And this was kind of hard that. to watch, honestly. Like these are just separate weight classes. I will say this though: that Paula held on way yeah. longer than I expected. She put up a real fight on this. I mean, eight minutes and nineteen seconds against Anissa is nothing to sneeze at here. Yeah, huh? very impressive. Yeah. After the challenge, they give Paula twenty minutes to get her stuff. So I'm gonna I'm gonna keep track of this throughout the, the whole <laughs> season, and. To this point, there have been three duels and three Key West people have gone home. Well, and the last Key West person has gone home because the fourth is making it all the way to the finals. Evan is. Oh, this is a a side note that I have. So that that's the end of episode four. And the note that I have is I looked throughout the course of the season and Evan is either the first or second guy chosen every single time but one the time he goes in yeah or no 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 no. uh the time that he 
there's like one random time where he's like one of the last people in the selection process that gets chosen. Where let me see if I can find it. Well, he he and Jody were hooking up on the low this season, right? Yeah, that that he probably Jody, helped him out a ton. Yeah, that politically helped a lot. So it was no. There's randomly one episode where Svetlana wins, and that kind of changes the dynamic a little bit because then, yeah, this is really weird. So normally the people who yeah. So there's an episode where Svetlana wins in episode six. And so the people that normally were getting picked last go first here. So it starts oh, out. That's right. Because Wes and Svetlana won the uh, swimming challenge. That, that Yeah. So it goes, that, that was towards the end though. Svetlana, Wes, Anissa, Nehemiah, Beth, CT, Kina, Derek, Robin, Brad, Jody, Evan, easy DM, and then Casey. And then Casey picks. Uh, Rob, that's when she picked Robin. Robin. It, every single time I say Casey's name, or not every single time, but that, that's, that's when Jerry comes that. out. That that is a blunder by that alliance, though, to not like figure their stuff out and get Casey protected. But it also shows you that they didn't really have their stuff put together this season. I mean, they had an alliance, but it was it was not the best well, alliance on the planet. The, their alliance is just Wes running around trying to get people who hate each other to work together. Because, like, nobody in that alliance. It's like Anissa, Beth, and Svetlana are the three girls in that alliance. Like, there's no cohesion between that unit. If you had to pick one of those girls to run a final with, who do you pick? Are those three? Yeah. Oh, Svetlana, easily. I can at least carry her. Svetlana who? Beth and and Anissa. It's Svetlana, no question. Yeah. Yeah, no question. Like, that's No, the question is, if you had to run a final with... Beth or Anissa, who would you pick? Oh, God, give me Anissa at least. <laughs> really? I don't <laughs> know, dude. I might go with Beth. I would well, actually go well, Anissa. Actually, this is one of the few times I agree with Rob on this. I would go Anissa. Well, Beth's a runner, though. You have to remember that from going to. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a callback. Oh, oh, my gosh. She's Good a runner. Job. You know what? I will. The reason I pick Anissa is at least she knows what a final looks like. Beth has never even <laughs> sniffed a final. Well, she had her final in that one season. She showed up in like the first four, I guess. When she had to like grab the money in that little tank. That doesn't count as a final. No one gets eliminated. Obviously. And they should bring. They should do a rivals four, and then. I, like, do do you like what they ended in the final ranking where they like dig up their partners? Can you imagine if Anissa dug up Beth as her partner? How like surprised she would be? I still maintain that the biggest casting mishap that has ever happened in the history of the show is Rivals One not doing Coral and Beth. Dude, I I really like the story that one of you guys told. I think it was one of the last couple of times that we recorded that you listened to a podcast where I think Jemmy was on it for. Which season? Rivals. And they were like, they were like, they were like grabbing their like uniforms uh, for for the season, and she saw the like trunks or the shorts that said Coral on it because Coral was supposed to be on that season. But, like, oh, yeah, thirty thirty. was on Dirty Thirty. Dirty Thirty. Dirty 30. And right. dropped out like the day before they left for the season. Yeah, I think like General Poster or something. What happened? Why'd she drop out? Probably weren't paying her enough money. Yeah, but she's going to decide that the day before. 
I was she was probably trying to do a leverage play. Like she was still in negotiations and like it was becoming the last day and then they couldn't have gotten a number and she walked. Yeah, I would probably say Coral made a power play and lost because even well, though lost. hardcore lost. You know, she lost in that she probably was like, I can probably get more money out of them. And the producers went, eh, you're not worth that. We're, we're moving on. I don't know. Well, I don't we, know. We, we don't know. She could have just walked like, I, I think she, so come she up. just might have not a number that's worth it to her. But see, at that point, you already are locked in in a contract wise, though. That's the thing to me is it's like if you make it to the day before leaving, before you drop out, like you already know what you're going to get paid to show up and you you well, just go. And if you don't, so Coral, come like on the show and are, Well, it's like some are you the one chick named Coral that we don't know about who's actually bought that. Actually <laughs> <one>. <laughs> Dude, I feel like that's way more likely. I mean, I'd have to do some digging. I don't even know. I've never that. watched a single episode of Are You the One, and I don't plan on ever doing that. I already watched like an episode of Second Chances. Of what? The, the, the one where they actually like do missions and are in pairs. Do they still do that show anymore? Are You the One? Yeah. Not know. really. No. I well, think, they they had I the think one... X on the Beach kind of took its place. Well, they had the one pansexual version of Are You the One? And then I think they had one after that. I think they had one after that. Dude, reality TV is getting so out there. Yeah. Well, it has to. Say, like, though, social media they... has taken so much of its spot. I will say this, though. I actually watched a couple episodes of – it's not X on the Beach. It's the one where they're in the ski lodge. Well, it is X on the Beach. It's X on the Peak. X on the Peak. That's what it's called. I knew it had a different name, and I like watched Marlon and Laurel are on it. I and, just uh, watched it. Just really? Wait, who's on it? Marlon, Marlon Laurel, Laurel Jamie. Wait, what? Yeah. Laurel's on it? Wait, what is Laurel on? X on, the peak? X on the peak? Yeah, she's with Marlon and uh, Jamie. He is and, Nicole's uh, ex that shows up on the show. Yeah. Wait, Nicole, Nicole does not come off good on that show. No, Nicole is not watching this. Watching it, I didn't like Nicole prior to X on the Peak, but she really does not have a good look on this show. It, How, it, what's, the, what's the object of this? Oh, what's it's going just, on? It's like you can like vote people off. I guess. Yeah, so it's, it's, a, it's just a hookup. It's a hookup show with a vote. That's all it is. It's. How do they do? When was this? Like in the last three months, how'd she do? I don't know. I only watched a couple episodes because I heard Laurel was on it, and then I clicked out. I didn't even see the end. It looks like she her last episode was like seven ish. Who uh, Laurel? Yeah, yeah. She didn't last that long. That's unfortunate. Yeah. Who won this? Well, there's no winner. It's just like you. Hang around. You hang around. around the end, being disliked. And you get there's no money. winner. Like, what am I doing? You know what I mean? Like, it's a like, it's a very there? poor person's version of the real world. That's really all it is. How do they talk her into being in this? There's no prize money. Why is she doing this? Because you probably got she, paid a hundred k. I'm yeah, sure you're getting that, a decent ad fee. Oh yeah, she probably got paid a hundred k to just show up. I mean, that's let's be real. This is like a. 
failure of MTV marketing that I did not know about this because if I knew that Laurel was on this show, I probably would have watched like an episode. At and least they had one. Commercials you know what I mean? Constantly. But if you weren't watching no, MTV, I don't watch MTV except for the challenge. Yeah, throw me a YouTube ad or something. You know what I mean? Like, I, they don't, have like, kind of, I don't think they have that budget for the advertisement. Yeah, they do. I mean, they're owned by Viacom at this point. I mean, that's the thing. The reason that, I mean, for a look behind the curtain here, the reason season 35 isn't even advertised yet, we haven't even seen a trailer, is because CBS doesn't want the challenge competing with Survivor. And even though the challenge audience is a fraction of Survivor, they're paranoid about crossover or whatever reason. Uh, yeah, yeah we, I've talked about it with a few people. I, that's 100% what I think it is. Because the new season's wrapped filming. It's been wrapped for a while. It was. It finished in, yeah. like, Thanksgiving. It was, like, the week after Thanksgiving, the last season wrapped, and we don't even have a trailer at this point. Well, you, knowing them, they're going to drop a trailer, and the season's going to start, like, four days after it. I think that the uh, the we talked about this before we started recording. I don't think season thirty five's trailer drops until mid March at best. I was th- I think it's going to start early April. Which, yeah, like, can, I don't think they can put it the off schedule. I don't think they can put it off that long. You know what I mean? Like they well, need to like, keep printing these out. I don't know if they need to keep printing them out. I, I don't think they need – because I think what they're thinking is is because Bear spoiled approximately when they're leaving, which is nine weeks from now, which we're in we're, – we're recording this on February 23rd. So they're leaving early April to, the next record, one. to film the next season, which so tells is that, me the next season will air probably September. So is that cast out yet? No. No, no, no. no. We I, have no idea. That cast is not even locked yet. I mean, that cast is there. There's a rumor, though, right? There's availability calls, and who of those availability calls actually makes the show is questionable. So is this on Vipmo right now? Uh, for season 36, like, availability? No, there's yeah. not no. really a speculation thread. But the only no. reason we know they're, they're leaving, leaving in nine weeks. Bear said on his Instagram they're leaving in ten weeks, and that was a week ago. I'm surprised we, we won't get much any of that stuff for a while. Yeah, like we won't see that season if I'm if the new season of the challenge does not start until early April, the season won't even end until June. So it'll be probably September before we see the season they start filming in April airs. I bet you they air these, these next I bet you they air these next to you like close to back to back. Uh, I think they want to adjust to a different schedule, so they're okay with a little bit of a layoff now. Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't just air Survivor earlier. Then I'm not because CBS didn't this want is, to compete with Rob, this, NFL stuff. This is like the earliest that a spring se- season of Survivor has ever aired. So this is well, actually really early for Survivor. That's not true. No, 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 no. Yes, they it is. Had, yes, they it had is. the the Survivor season two Australia. The season like, premiere aired immediately following the Super Bowl. Okay, so, since they've gotten into like the modern schedule, so like, uh, I think, all right, yeah, yeah, okay, for the modern schedule, this is the earliest a Survivor Spring season has aired. Yes, I don't know if they had their full schedule planned out in season two when they weren't sure how much likely there was going to be a season three. So, yeah, it used to be like 
like really early on, Trace is right. There were like multiple seasons where that, that was a thing. It would air right after the Super Bowl. Because they would reason that, hey, everyone watching the Super Bowl will stick around. Because here's the thing. I'm going to actually look this up right now. There is the season premiere of Survivor 2 got like a ridiculous number. Yeah. Oh, it's like the most watched episode in reality TV history, right? No, I think it was end of season yeah. one. Yeah, the end of season one was like 50 or 60 million check, check, check what it is. I know that's the most watched season, this Australian Outback. Uh, I'm looking at the Australian Outback now. Uh, oh, I can't. Man, it doesn't say. Hold on. Let me see if I can get like a. Yeah, they're going to make me. Wait, here it is. Here it is. Here it is. I found the rating number. Okay. The season premiere of Survivor did 45 million viewers in just the U.S. of season two. So the – I'm not getting most watched episode of reality TV. This, they're not making this easy. And I'm on some site that wants me to turn off my app blocker, and this isn't going well. <laughs> I don't know. We'll have to do this for next time. Okay, I've oh. got it. Okay, the uh, <laughs> the most watched episode ever is the finale of Survivor 1, which peaked at yeah. 51 million people. Whew. So wow. 51 million people watched the first Survivor finale and the season premiere of season two following the Super Bowl was 45 million, which is still an astronomically high number. If Survivor still had 45 million viewers, they could do a five million dollar prize at this point. Dude, like no show, no shows get that many viewers anymore. Like, no, no. Uh, live sports is the only thing that gets that kind of viewers anymore. And yeah. even that is a I think the national college football game got like 30 million at its peak this year. What did the Super Bowl get this year? That's a great question. All right, let's cut this thing. I think we've... All right, yeah, we've jumped the shark. All right, Devin, (laughs) go ahead and take us home, and we'll talk offline about the Super Bowl 2020 rating. (laughs) With that, thank you for listening. Next episode, I'm assuming we'll probably do the next six episodes of The Duel. If you'd like to send us any comments or questions about the challenge, you can reach us at thechallengechronicles at gmail.com. And talk to you again soon. Bye.